Oh, stop it. This is Tall Can Audio. He's back. Another edition of the Versage Sessions of Tall Can Audio. Matt Robinson over here, Lee Versage over there. What's going on, man? I'd say it's good to see your smiling face yeah, here yeah. again, but it's not. Uh, yeah, uh, I've, no. I've missed you. Mm. Um, With every bullet so far. Exactly. <laughs> and again, I, I'm so conflicted mm. coming back in here. I know I'm going to have to give you credit. Mm. I've had a crappy day okay. so far that I'm going to tell you all about. <laughs> Um, oh, so no. there's, a, oh, no. yeah, no. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot to get to. I'm not happy about some things that I'm going to have to get to and say on this program, Okay, but we got a lot to talk about and it is at least nice to hear your voice. How okay. About, how about that? I get that. Yeah. I, I kind of get that. Yeah. I, um, we are on social media yeah. at all can audio. Uh, Give us a follow there. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. I know this thing's been sitting in front of you for a couple minutes, so I don't want to make you wait any longer. Let's get to the beers. I'm going to have to give you a lot of credit because I don't even care how it tastes. <laughs> the fact that you have, again, last time I was in, you had- uh, I don't even remember what it was it, last time. It was a guava and Himalayan That's salt. That's right. Sea salt or something like sour that. Sour. Yeah, yeah. From OBC. Yes. And well, it was- this is ve- going to have something in common. It was very unique. Mm-hmm. Not bad. No. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But you have another Orleans Brewing Company beer. They're doing some things over there. In when front I placed of me. the order, yeah, that they uh, they they all kind of jumped out at me. Now, this one excited me as well. This wasn't one of those ones that I had to look at and go, "Oh, I need something for Lee, right? Got to got to make sure oh, something for here. Lee. This one spoke to me as the well. The way I say is, that I can't wait to get this for Matt. Yeah, no, that, you, it's true. We've covered this before. No, though. I Matt, know. Matt, any beer you bring in here and drop in front of Matt, Matt's going to be excited to try. You have conditions. You have criteria. So it makes my Not job really. my, my job harder. I don't. There's okay. just things I like, okay. but okay. I don't. The only criteria <laughs> I really have is if you can avoid the IPAs. Yeah. Okay. That would be good. Right. But and we've done that today. I don't have any other criteria. Right. No, I, I'm going to get to this. I, I am not as picky <laughs> as you are making me seem. What I am is I tell you the things that I do There's like. There's been a lot of drive-bys on Versage here on the podcast over the last little while. Not, not yeah, I'm sure there have you know, with your guests. Yeah, that was mainly it. Yeah, people coming in, mm-hmm. Bunda throwing an elbow here and there. Yeah. Uh, Ian McMartin from Whippersnapper was in here. Yeah. He, uh, he was calm. Well, actually, the two of you went back and forth a little bit in my Instagram mentions. Um, no, we were on the same side. <laughs> Ian, there's nothing in the goddamn fridge. Okay? It's boring as bleep. Okay? And yet, you like to go right for it. I'm curious. Uh, you are curious. What I'm curious today is from Orleans Brewing yes. Company. You have in front of me a Maple Cabin Maple Ale. Yes. So It says it twice in I the know. title. You so, know they're going to bring it. I don't even care what it tastes like. It could be good. It could be bad. <laughs> but this is a, if I saw it. I'm I, grabbing that. I have to yes. grab it. Yes. I don't even care how much it costs, what it, like unless it's completely sure. crazy. No. But I am getting this beer if I see it in front of me. Right. So the fact that you have it yep. now in front of me, let's go. I didn't, I was so excited to open it and I didn't, 
And look, it's kind of frothing, mm-hmm. even a little maple It's color. excited to see you too, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, see, <laughs> when you give the love, sometimes you get it back. Not from you. Sometimes a little prematurely. And that's, uh, um, I, I'll be honest. I have had this one once before, but it's delicious. And I was happy to, to do it again. Happy to share one with you. Mm-hmm. Happy to, uh, to, and this is one of those ones, like we talk about all the time. I knew you were going to say this because I was going to say the same okay. thing. Okay. Don't hint at it. Bring it. Yep. And they brought it. Right up front. So already, I've had two sips. Yeah. Already up front, as you said, very mapley. Yeah. I would put it on par with maple beers that I've had previously. We talk about this all the time. Perth Brewery is one of those breweries that when they do stuff, they kind of hit you in the face with the flavor, no mm-hmm. matter what flavor yep. they have. And that's their style and everyone's got different styles. But this reminds me of the Perth maple with the, hey, you want maple? We're going to give you some Wham! maple. There it is. And that's the way to do it. So Orleans Brewing Company. Tip of the cap. Tip of the cap for tip sure. Tip of the pint for sure. <laughs> because if you're going to promise people maple- Give them maple. Yeah. And you've done that. So it's been two weeks since you were in here. What's new in, in want, Lee's yeah, world? What's going hear, on, Matt? You want to hear about my day I do. just today? Uh, actually, I, I'm not sure I do. Well, you- Because I already know roughly what- No, happened. but you know some of it, but you don't know all of it. Roughly. You actually, I can't believe I you're going to say gently. this. <laughs> so today, you know, very, very busy schedule mm-hmm. of people who mm-hmm. don't work as hard as other people. <laughs> That's what I'll say. <laughs> so today was, okay, I'm going to get up and I have a couple of errands to run, but then I'm going to go to the gym mm-hmm. and then I have a physical right. that I have to go to. Let's get physical. Yeah. And so I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the doctor's office, mm-hmm. have my physical done, and then I'm going to go to Matt's. Right. This is the order of my day. Cool. Good day. Yeah. So, you know, get up. There I am at the gym working hard. And actually somebody new, like I know some of the the people who work there and they're introducing me to one of the new people that's going to work there. And she says, it's really, really nice to meet you. I've listened to you for a long time. Hmm. Um, And I'm like, oh, well, that's really nice. Thank you very much. And and she's like, no, you are. And she just- Stu? Yeah, pretty much. but she actually went on and on about, you know, how great it was to the point of like, okay, like, is this a practical joke? Is something happening? But what it ended up being was she was not billet is the wrong word for professional hockey players, right? But she was the one that took in Stefan DeCosta. Wow. While he was here. Okay. And she is French. He, obviously, he uh, is French. Yep. And now, was, is she French, French, like he was French, French, or is she Quebecois French? No, she's Quebecois. Okay. He was not. And is she, Bridget was great with her, like, she speaks English better than me. So <laughs> already, like, yeah. you're off to a great start there because I can't speak a lick of French and <laughs> no. you're awesome at that. But I guess because she was French. Uh, DaCosta ended up spending a lot of time at her place with her kids and ended up being like this kind of son she never had. Sure. And I haven't even looked him up. We should look him up right now. She's saying that he is absolutely killing it in the KHL, like one of the top, still one of the top scorers 
in the league. Okay. Um, and is still doing really well. It's been a while there. since I've checked the points leaders in the Yes, yeah, uh, same here. Uh, I believed her. I don't know sure. that. <laughs> no, I haven't looked it up Who's yet. make that up? Right. I haven't looked it up yet no. myself, but I believe her. Yeah. But she was going on and on uh, about this, and I had a, a lovely conversation. Uh, not to get too far graphically into detail, but when I'm at the gym, Matt... Oh, see, I'm more afraid of what you're going to get into graphically in a minute. Yeah, I know. There's a lot to be afraid of in the next couple of minutes, but that's what makes me me. Yeah. So when I'm at the gym, I sweat a lot. Yeah. Where, again, it's it's good because people come by and they say, wow, you're working really hard and you don't want to show them it's like four and a half minutes on the bike or something. I've just um, had some hot wings it, before it, I came Because it looks like it's 45 minutes yeah. and it's four and a half. Right. But she comes kind of near the end and I am just like not looking a great. picture of beauty. Yes. <laughs> Puddles around me, which is fine because that's how I am. But when mm-hmm. you're trying to talk to somebody, it's... So anyway, I'm like, oh, I got to go. So time to go from the gym? Yeah. You know what happened today, Matt? I had a shower, went back, get dressed, going to the doctor's. I forgot my pants. How does one forget his pants? That's a great question. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't have the answer <laughs> right. to it. Uh, I get dressed for the gym at home. Right. So that I don't have to like go up and get changed sure. twice. Okay. And I just bring along. But sometimes- right. so and you I, forgot your pants at home, yes. not in the locker room. Correct. Walk so especially or... lately, I've been going to the gym and going home because, again, I'm not that busy. Right. So- <laughs> okay. So- I just go to the gym, go home, and then I'll shower and get dressed and everything. So this, I had other things to do. And as I was packing the clothes, I didn't pack any pants. Okay. Well, this isn't a great start (laughs) to the day. So as you can see, I'm still in shorts, which you're probably I just thought you were sort of plain or casual. What else has got going on? It did snow like hell last night and freezing rain. It's an odd day for shorts, but you do you. you. Right. (laughs) And that's what the world is now. You do you. It doesn't matter. So no one really asks you. But (laughs) the answer to the question is I forgot my pants today. (laughs) On the day that I then had to go in for a physical. Right. And it had something to do with... Well, when you're... As, as most grown men know. Yep. When you're a guy, yeah. and look, for women and what they have to go through... Yep. It's no picnic either. It's No, it's way worse than guys. <laughs> it's like, so I get it. Yeah. So you're just coming from the digit, which we've all been through before. You hit a, you hit a certain age, it's... You gotta... It's part of life. It's it's Movember as we sit here and talk right now. That's right. right. It's, it's, it's a good thing that yeah. it gets, everything gets checked. Yep. But I got all checked and it was great because I only had- Doc, sh- why do you got the Kenny G plane? <laughs> You're making it weird here. I, I only had shorts <laughs> on, so- So you were showing a little leg when you got there? Maybe gave him the wrong- I'm sure the doctor was like, ah, you, you do you. I mean- <laughs> I'm about to do you, but- Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Wear Lever's uh, Age like a puppet. So that was there for a while and now yeah. I'm here drinking a nice- yeah. Maple Cabin, Maple Ale from OBC and looking forward to getting into some things with you here. All right. That's yeah. how I'm doing Yeah, just today. Okay. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm, I'm better than that. I've been through what you've been through, but not recently. Yeah. Uh, last week I went and got the, uh, I guess if we're, we're doing the health thing, I uh, went to get the uh, the flu shot. I said, well, we can hit you with the, the COVID 
booster at the same time. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do that. And Perfect. for whatever reason, I sort of thought they would hit me twice in the same arm. That's not what they do. They give you one in each. Okay. So you kind of wake up the next morning and they're both sort of dead and just hanging there, right? <laughs> like Now, the, the, the flu shot one was a little more sore than the COVID one. Like the COVID one didn't really right. bug me. Like you could tell if you pressed on it or yeah. whatever. But like in terms of the dead arm after an hour or so, that was gone. But yeah, they, they hit you in both arms and you're kind of walking out going, I, I guess this was good for me, right? <laughs> like I'm not feeling awesome. Well, but, I got a tetanus shot today. Okay. Because I hadn't had one in a while. Yeah. And the woman comes in and says, do you sleep on one side? And I'm like, well, yeah, sometimes I sleep on yeah. my left side. Right. We're going to do your right arm. I'm like, really? It's that? She's like, oh, you won't notice it now. No. But I promise you will be thanking me <laughs> when you go to sleep tonight. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I got a tetanus shot. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens tonight. Day or two. Uh, this episode is being released on American Thanksgiving. Let's go. We got things to get into here and they're all sort of tied together. Let me start here because you had sent over, you know, we, we have a note. I think we've told the listener about that. We both can kind of add and and subtract from or comment on the other's topic suggestions. I didn't know I could subtract. I'll subtract all of your things next (laughs) time. I I didn't know I could do that. I had a feeling. Um, but just in a general sense, I, I, I'm curious because on, on Tuesday night, Mm -hmm. we saw the NHL go dark. Yeah. Insane. In preparation for like to set up the schedule to accommodate going dark on Thursday. And I almost can understand going dark on Thursday, right? The NFL is a big deal on American Thanksgiving. The NHL doesn't want to be trying to sell tickets, these sorts of things. If you just told me um, every American Thanksgiving, you're going to be dark in the NHL. Mm -hmm. I'd think it's a bummer because there's no reason you couldn't do Flames, Canucks, and whatever, Leafs, Sens, or something. Now, this year, the Leafs and Sens are... Just coming back from Europe, that's a whole other wrinkle. Did they play each other? No. Oh. Great great scheduling. It probably, actually, I would give them credit for that scheduling. Oh, stop it. You wanted them to play each other over there? Yes. That's dumb. Why? Because the Sens want the money that comes in when the Leafs come to town. That is their top of the, what do they call it, uh, dynamic pricing. So the Sens aren't giving up a home game. And neither the Leafs nor the league nor this, the PA wanted the Leafs giving up a home game because they make oh, a ton okay. of money. So that when you talk about the Sens, it's just the Sens. But when you talk about the Leafs, it's now the league and the That's Leafs. Been well reported. And all of these places don't the want Leafs to give up. The Leafs make a shit ton of money whether they're playing like. I don't give a crap what they do. Okay. I don't care. And this Everybody is where, else does. There's money to be made on Leaf home games, so they're not giving up home games. So the Sens had two home games. In Sweden. Yeah. Those aren't worth as much. They don't make as much money. Well, they don't make as much money as the Leafs. Right. But why should I care how much money the Leafs make? Because you don't have to care. The PA cares. The league cares. That's all hockey-related revenue. This isn't where I thought we would get, but actually kind of is where I thought we'd get bogged down because you're a very anti-Leafs kind of. It's not anti-Leafs. It's money being poured into the system that why would you give away? There's only 14,000 seats at that Globe Arena over in Sweden. And so already you're taking a bit of a hit on the number that you can sell. Europe pays less in general for hockey tickets, like NHL prices are not good. If you said to them, you got to make up for what it costs to sell out a Leaf home game, they couldn't do it. They can make up for what it costs to sell it. So you don't think it should be fair for all teams 
what wasn't to, to have one each. And if there is money, that would have been fair. Yeah. And if there is money to be made up, maybe the league. And that's, the PA that's, should, how the, that's how this works. The league and the PA and the promoters over in Sweden all have to pay to bring these people over, plus the charter planes, plus everything else. And they just decided it was easier to buy out two Sens home games than two Leaf home games. Or one of each. Okay, I'm not going to convince you, so... You're not. No. It's basic, you're wrong. It's basic business. <laughs> I'm I not understand. wrong. I'm explaining the math that the league no, and the PA do. I get the business part of it. Yeah. Okay, I'm not. Well, that's really all that's relevant here. See, so that's what's not. The whole point of this was the Leafs and Sens are not available to play on the Tuesday night where the league was dark because they were over in, Mm -hmm. had just gotten back. And neither of them, I don't think any of the four teams that were in Europe are playing on Wednesday night, as you and I, like they're all coming back online on Friday. Yeah. So you have this sort of setup that leaves two dark nights because on Wednesday night, as you and I sit here, Everyone else is playing tonight. Mm-hmm. Everyone else. So that they can all go dark on Thursday. And if you, there's nothing you can do now, but if you had sat there when you were actually making the schedule and said, uh, Montreal's hosting Winnipeg on American Thanksgiving Thursday, because mm-hmm. we don't care up here. And Vancouver's hosting Calgary. Mm-hmm. Then Montreal and Winnipeg are flying to where up Boston and Buffalo. Because you want all the Canadian teams in the U S on Thanksgiving weekend, right? right? Because that just makes good sense. Those are holiday weekends. People want to go out and do things. I would agree. It's good business sense. Calgary and Vancouver could fly to Seattle and whatever, Colorado Mm -hmm. on the back to back. And you wouldn't have to have this dark Thursday. And in theory, you wouldn't have the dark Tuesday, like the dark Tuesday is so that everyone can play Wednesday. So you can go dark on Thursday. You've kind of, done this to yourself twice and it's a really weird like on Thursday a quarter of your team's fans aren't celebrating Thanksgiving you could you could find one game Battle of Alberta on Thursday night in Nationwide so I don't disagree with you if you want to go dark on Thursday I'm okay with that but if you want a couple of all Canadian matchups I'm okay with that too like the going dark on Tuesday is absolutely that's unforgivable. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and you're only you talk about all the business sense and all, how smart they are, but all the the money coming in for all these leaf that home is an games. uncomfortable position for me. Right, all these Just say how smart all these leaf home games. How much money everybody makes, but we're gonna go dark before yeah the weekend where we don't expect, or at least the Thursday and Friday that we don't expect a lot of people to go out and watch hockey. Hockey's not. St- I think for, they think the opposite, that for, on that long weekend, more people will be available. But especially on Thursday. On Thursday, no one's going. Y- you can talk to me. NFL. You can talk to me about Friday and Saturday yes, and Sunday yes, for sure. Yeah. But Thursday, Thursday, hockey is so far That's right. off of your radar yeah. that you're going to go off of their radar two days before you actually go off of their radar. Right. And because you think everyone, that's better business sense. Because you have to, in theory, have everyone play Wednesday so that they can be off Thursday, right? And so to set up that everybody plays Wednesday, you don't want them all playing on Tuesday. And so Jeff Merrick did tweet out that on t- there was only the Calgary and Vancouver and Arizona were the only three arenas available that night. Well, you could have done what I just said, right? Calgary hosts a game or Vancouver hosts. Like, it only has to be one. Mm-hmm. Like, just give something on your calendar and they just can't do it. They yep. It's scheduling for 
a lot of leagues. It's like the CFL too mm-hmm. in different aspects of when everything's dark and the and the all-star game goes in baseball and there's nothing. That shining happening. example, there's always that Wednesday night in July after the home run derby in the yeah. all-star game where nothing is going on and we've all screamed for years, get on it right. to the CFL. Yes. Right? Like, get on it. It's like, the only night all year where nobody else anywhere is playing anything. Take it. Take that spot. But they won't. They won't. Right. Which <laughs> doesn't seem... So I, so I think when you're talking about this, it's the Tuesday night that bothers me the most. It is, it is for sure. And but you are you with me that the Tuesday is dark because you have to set up the Thursday? Like that's what's happened here is we don't want nobody can play two or three in a row or or what like you have to I'm you, not quite sure I, I understand why teams can't play Tuesday and Wednesday. They could play Tuesday and Wednesday. That, that's the part that bugs me. They can't play Wednesday, Thursday. American no. teams don't want to play games on Thursday. It, that's fine with me. But if you don't want to have... But just go one or two. Pittsburgh plays Philly and Edmonton plays Calgary. That's it on Tuesday. Fine. Yeah. And then Philly and Pittsburgh both have to play a back-to-back on Wednesday. That happens a Well, I haven't times. looked up how many back-to-backs like Ottawa and Toronto have, but it's usually in the vicinity because every year I do... I've done it previously. But it's, every team has back-to-backs. It's usually somewhere in 12, 13, 14 back-to-backs a year. It's okay to have one on right. the Tuesday and the Wednesday right? before you're off on Thursday. Yes. And, and the Canadian teams could do the same on the Thursday. If you had two Canadian teams play each other on Thursday, so there's something to watch And more here. than likely, those teams who played Tuesday, Wednesday aren't even going to play on Friday. Right. But you could do a game on Thursday, an all-Canadian game, and those teams go back-to-back and are down in the U.S. by Black Friday. In Seattle, in Minnesota, in Chicago, in Boston, in New York. Like, not tough travel right. You can easily do that. And I'm always on, and I think I've told you this before, I get sour when it comes to travel as an excuse for a lot of things that happen in professional leagues. And the reason I do is because a lot of people have had the opportunity to be on these charters, and I get it. It's not the easiest thing in the world to play a game and to get on a plane and and get in somewhere at one o'clock in the morning. I get it. It's not the easiest thing in the world. But number one, they make a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, this is your job. This is your career. This is what you've chosen. Number two, on those days, there's no morning skates. No. Ever. No. Which we can have a whole show on the idea of morning skates and how they used to be really good in the 70s when everyone went out and drank (laughs) the night before. And the whole reason. Sweat out the guilt. Yeah. And the whole reason they happened is to sweat the guilt out. And that doesn't happen anymore. But we need morning skates so that we can have bland player interviews afterwards so that we can get our TV coverage and radio coverage better. That comes. So we have a clip of three guys in the morning. Like, come on. But like your point of. Having to fly afterwards not being ideal and it being tough. So I'm not suggesting Montreal's flying to Anaheim. So my experience, I've been on one NHL charter in my life. Never invited back. Probably. but (laughs) Caused uh, a scene. But I was on one. Started arguing with Stefan DaCosta about all kinds of stuff. (laughs) Dude, you got to go to the middle more. Why aren't you scoring? Stop being a pass first guy. Uh, Anyway. So I was, we're in Sunrise. Nice. Yeah. Nice to... Skip the charter. I'm staying down there if I have to. Well, I skipped the going down. I just got home on the charter. Okay. But when I got home on the charter, so I went to the game. I was walking around like the day before. I was in Sunrise for a couple days. Mm -hmm. 
I remember walking around, if you've ever been down there, for people who have listened, uh, Sawgrass Mills is kind of the mall that's almost attached to the arena. Yeah, it's, it's like, kind of like the Canada of Miami, right? Like yes. that arena is not... Further. Yeah, yes, okay. But yeah. yes, it's in literal, like, if you're not 75, you're probably not living there. <laughs> um, but the mall is there, and this is huge mall. Like, I mean, I finished what I thought was the mall. I'm like, oh, that mall was okay. Yeah. Wasn't maybe the greatest mall I've been in. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I was in one of the seven sections (laughs) of the mall. And after six more, I'm like, this is the coolest mall I've ever been in. So we're walking around. I remember Spets and Heatley and and all the guys walking. Nobody knew who they were. No, of course. You know. So the game was at 7.30 in Florida. So when you're in Sunrise, as you said, it would it's sort of akin to being in Canada and having to get back to the Ottawa airport yeah, after. From the far west end to the southeast end. <laughs> right. So it's a half an hour drive for sure, maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Same thing in Florida, to get back to the, the Lauderdale airport, which is where they fly in and out of. Right. 7.30 puck drop in sunrise. At 1.40 in the morning. Oof. Okay. Tell me you're landing and not taking off. At 1.40 in the morning, I was in my bed. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it's a late night. So, But it's not cripplingly, it's not 4.45. No, like, it's- and when I got... I told you, one, one, one question. I'm not seeing When I got on the plane. I didn't see sunrise when I took off. One and question, right? One question when I got on the plane. Would you like steak or shrimp? Yeah. Seriously, that was the question. And I got on the plane and had an unbelievable. Steak, right? I love shrimp. But okay. when I get a chance for a airline steak. Airline shrimp? Uh, no, I know it's, I know not, it's air, not Air Canada. It's not, it's not airline. It's <laughs> charter. They yeah, bring yeah, it in. Yeah. It's all. But if I get a chance for a steak. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. Couple. So, but my point is, is from getting home to Ottawa to clearing customs, to getting in my car at the Ottawa airport, to driving to my house, to walk in the door and get in bed. Yeah. It was 1.40 in the morning. So like 40 minutes later than if you'd have just stayed up at home to watch the Canucks game. Yeah. So... And this is a 7.30 puck drop in maybe the furthest eastern yeah. Yeah. spot that you're going to get. Like, I know if you go out west, it's it's different. But you're not flying from San Jose to Ottawa right. back home after a game. Right. And if you are, you're not playing you're not for, for two for or three days. days. Yeah. So I'm telling them, I got up the next morning at like 8 o'clock and I'm like, okay, let's go. I'm good to go. And I didn't play. No. I get it. I'm not a professional <laughs> player. My point is, when I did that trip, I was like, this is not that hard. And this is the furthest flight on an East Coast trip that you would ever have. Yes. From Lauderdale to Ottawa. Yep. So I just don't have any time for this, well, they have to travel and then they have back right, that's to- that's a reason to be dark. It's not a good enough reason. No. Yeah. It's not a good enough reason though. So the Tuesday's ridiculous. Tuesday's ridiculous. I would be booking everything. Even if you can't do what I'm proposing on Thursdays with just two Canadian teams that will then fly across for Black Friday, Tuesday was stupid. You cannot allow, you can't be dark twice in one no, week. I would be hitting up Wednesday night 
and then Friday and Saturday yep. as the times to try. And, and I'm not suggest like I do agree with the idea that they want all seven Canadian teams in the U.S. on Black Friday and that weekend. That makes sense to me. That's a holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. All those teams get yourself some home games. That makes sense to me. But you can do this where you don't have to go dark. It it just this no, is when s- you go dark before you should go dark. Right. And you go dark. It's twice. the Tuesday that bugs me, as you suggested. Yes. I think you could you, do Thursday, but you must do Tuesday. You probably should do Thursday. It's not on people's minds. Okay. It's not fine. Here. It's one day. Just one game. Like I said, make you it want to do one game. The Battle fine. of Alberta Great. on Thursday. Fantastic. Up here, fine. Or whatever, in any other but year, the Tuesday, Toronto, Ottawa. The Tuesday is Tuesday's just... Tuesday's stupid. Yeah, Tuesday's Ridiculous. We, so this we ties into... a good into, conclusion here together. Well, you this, and I, on yeah, the same page. For once. Uh, so this ties into, though, a question that you added into our, our note, that the idea of how Americans do Thanksgiving mm-hmm. compared to the way that we do it, especially when it pertains to sports. But Correct. what's on your mind in terms of the way this is shaking loose? When you think of Canadian Thanksgiving... What do you think of? I don't think of sports. Almost at all. Although I, usually you get the first weekend of baseball playoffs. That's kind of fun. Like normally there's a all day on Saturday. There'll be three games. But in terms of sports, it's far less. Like when you think of American Thanksgiving, you think NFL. Detroit Lions are playing, right? Dallas Cowboys are playing. But There's you, nothing like that for you me. You think for Thursday through Sunday, you're going to get from the sporting landscape in the United States... You're going to get football four days off for people, yep. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you're going to give them a lot of options on what to do on those four days to celebrate with their family, to spend time with their family, yep. and then to, and sports comes into that. Sports is on in the background when you're with your families at these holiday events. You can go to sporting events on the Friday and the Saturday and the NFL on Thursday, like that's fine with like it's the same way the NBA owns Christmas Day, right? Like, there's not a lot of sports; most things are shut down. Mm-hmm. But there will be two or three marquee matchups in the NBA on Christmas oh, Day, and like the marquee yes. matchups. Yeah. So the NBA is taking Christmas. Yeah. U.S. Thanksgiving is just it's all sports all the time. Like you get Michigan and Ohio State this weekend too, coming up. Right, and I know the college football isn't for everyone, but for college football fans, it's yeah, a, like I'm not a college football guy. I know the, that's a big matchup. Oh, I know those just, names, right? I, no, I but it's a it's a massive, right. massive, right? So they do all they can on Thanksgiving weekend, yeah. And I know their Thanksgiving, it's kind of I don't say it's like their Christmas, but a lot of Americans put as much into Thanksgiving as they do Christmas. But even if you're one of those families who doesn't. It is the official kickoff to the holiday season. Yes. From Thanksgiving through Christmas, you're there, right? You are. So I think what you asked me, my point would be, why is it that through the National Hockey League or something else, we get three days off, we're Canadians, <laughs> it's the second week of October, so what is it that we can't, like, I don't think of... I've been complaining about this on the radio for a long time, and they started doing it with Ottawa and Montreal, the Labor Day, and then the Thanksgiving CFL Mo- Ottawa Montreal yep. matchups. Yep. And then they went away from it, which is like, oh, okay. Why is it that we in this country can't provide hockey and Canadian football on the three days of our Thanksgiving 
and make them staples, make them part of, I'm not saying make it all about that. You just said, you think of American Thanksgiving, you think of time with your family and you think of sports. Yep. We don't have that here. How come? We have the capability of having that here with the NHL and Canadian football, but we don't do it. Can you tell me why? I can't tell you why, like it's consciously been decided or, or, but what I would say is that the NHL based on the way Thanksgiving moves around uh, sometimes hasn't started. Now my recollection, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you because we, go, yeah, I'm going to stop ahead. you. Go ahead. It moves around. It's the second Monday in. Right. So sometimes it's the eighth. Sometimes it's the right. 13th but or 14th. But the U.S. Thanksgiving moves around as well. Right. right. But the NHL start date is tougher. Is it going to start on the fifth? Right, like my recollection, many years was that day one of the NHL schedule is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and so you're getting a game on Saturday night, uh, you know, of that long weekend. But not always. Some years it starts the Wednesday after, and this year was one of those years. Now we're sort of recovering still from the schedule being pushed back and back and back for COVID, and now it's being pulled, you know, back where it is. But American teams don't want the NHL season starting any earlier because of college football because of the NFL. They don't want to go head to head with this stuff. So that is one reason. And the other, in my opinion, would be we just don't place the same value on the CFL that they do on the NFL. And so... Well, we never will, but we can try. I'm with you on that. I would try to do something. Every Monday afternoon, I don't know if I would lock in a matchup, like you're saying Ottawa-Montreal. That would be cool for us, right, as Ottawa. I don't know if that matters, but I would do something every sing- at 4 p.m. every holiday Monday or Thanksgiving Monday. I would have a game of some kind. But why, you, you could do that and start to build a tradition, but we just don't. They have the Labor Day thing going yeah, on, yeah. right? But Ottawa is not quite involved in that. No. There's nine teams and they're sometimes there and they're sometimes not. Why can't the CFL say on Thanksgiving Monday that they're going to do a one, a four, and a seven o'clock and have six, have three games you could. with all of their you rivals? Could. I wouldn't hate that. I, I've got time for that. But we place less value on the CFL than like they... It would build over time. That tradition right. would build, but we just in general, like even there are football fans in this country who don't watch the CFL but love the NFL. So I agree. It's but just hard until to, you until you know something's happening, it's not happening. No, nah, that's so right. If I'm going to do, but as you said, the Labor Day Classic, we know that's happening every single year on Labor Day. Doesn't mean NFL fans watch it here in Canada. But I don't care about NFL fans. Well, I care about. That's part of it, though. That's why it's not as big of a deal here. Yeah, but you don't have any traditions. And I think that's the point I'm trying to get at, Mm -hmm. is that when you start traditions, yes, it will take time. Yeah. It will build. But you're starting a tradition in a league that not everybody cares about, whereas down there, everybody cares. Yeah. That's that's. But why can't the NHL just decide that... It will always the be schedule, the Wednesday I don't before care. Canadian Thanksgiving. Right. The schedule starts the Wednesday before. Yep. And when we get to yep. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we are going to line up some of the most biggest rivals. What do you view as the time to have the meal for Canadian Thanksgiving? Are you a Sunday person or a Monday person? I'm a Sunday person. I'm the same. So I think a lot of this, we've talked about it in our family, stems from people coming from distances, right? You travel home on the Monday. So Sunday is easier. Yeah. You know, so I'm a Sunday person as well. Or you go, and even if you get back late on Sunday, Monday's a nice recovery. That's day. right. So I guess you would do 
See, I, I'm not one of those Saturday, people. Saturday, Monday. That's what I would do. I yeah. was just going to say, I'm not one of those people who wants the game on during my meal. I, I kind of get that's family time, whereas on Thursday, and the NFL is like, no, we're going all day, and, and that's what we do, and that's fine yeah, for them. You but have I dinner think, at halftime, yeah. Right, yeah. and so I think it, here, you could load up a big hockey night in Canada on Saturday, a bunch of Canadian matchups, quiet on Sunday. Everybody, the league carries on, all the American teams yeah. play or whatever, and then on Monday... Maybe you mix and match instead of the Battle of Alberta, it's Edmonton, Vancouver. Well, why don't you have those teams go back to back in the opposite city? Why, sure. Why wouldn't home you? Home and do, homes. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that. Saturday, Monday. Yeah. You could do that. Toronto, Montreal. Yeah. Like, but, but you'd have Calgary, to commit. Edmonton. But you'd have to commit. Sometimes there are some years where that means you're starting almost a week earlier based on when Thanksgiving is going to fall. Oh and no, the, the schedule are, would start early and then we'd finish early? Oh my God. American teams who don't want it. Who don't want it. They don't want to go against college football for an extra week. They yeah. don't want to go against the NFL for an extra well, week. Well, there's a lot of people, Canadian and American and throughout the world, that don't want the Stanley Cup awarded in the middle of goddamn June. It's true, man. So I'm not saying I disagree. I'm just offering the yeah. objection. Which is good because usually I'm that guy. Yeah. But now yes, we're on the same. Now, You're a very objectionable person. Now we're on the same page <laughs> twice because we have figured this thing out. And I think it's. Well, we some, figured out why it's not happening. No, I think it should happen. It. Yeah. So in hockey and in Canadian football, if I knew on Thanksgiving, yeah. on the Saturday, I'm getting Toronto, Montreal. Yeah. And I'm getting Edmonton, Calgary. Yeah. And I'm getting. Ottawa, Winnipeg. Uh, sure. Ottawa, Winnipeg. Somebody's going to have to sit out. And it's, then. It's you, Vancouver. I love Vancouver sitting out. <laughs> of course. But, and then on. The like, thing is, what like, if hey you did Vancouver. It, but what if you did it on. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Sorry, you've been away for a while, man. I haven't been able to use the drop. You can use that throughout the entire program. <laughs> he came out to a children's choir in the AEW pay-per-view. I've never popped so hard in my life as the patriarch of AEW. He's the father figure yeah. to everybody. It was incredible. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> incredible theater. Yeah. So, but you could even match it up if you were the CFL. Find out what the NHL is doing. Yeah. Pit those teams against each other. I often wonder if they communicate at all. Like at the way the NFL doesn't care what the NHL is doing because they're king shit. I have a feeling that's how the NHL feels up here. About so if the you CFL. knew, but if you knew though that on Saturdays, Toronto and Montreal would play each other in the CFL and the NHL. That'd be fun, man. And that... Four o'clock, seven o'clock. Same with Edmonton, Calgary. Yep. Those two towns, in hockey and in football, on Canadian Thanksgiving, are going to play Saturday and Monday. Yeah. Hockey would play both. The football would only play once. I was just trying to think of, what did you just do on uh, on Labor Day? But, yeah. But do we... The real season starts at Labor Day. Actually, the real season starts when the Montreal Alouettes decide to start playing defense. Do you want a nice segue? Let's go. Into Grey it. Cup rolled out on uh, Sunday afternoon. And honestly, man, a pretty entertaining game for what it was. Yeah. I think... It's what CFL football should be. Even if you don't love CFL, it was a good game. It was a great game. And and the, the Grey Cup rarely disappoints. Like... For whatever you think of the league and, and sometimes the playoffs and, and this. The Ottawa-Edmonton game is the anomaly because, man, did that suck. It was a bit of a dud, for sure. The, the ice on the field and, oh, it was just a terrible game. This one was not. And Montreal was full value. All Everything coming in was all about how everyone they'd ever beaten 
was under 500 and everyone they'd played above 500 had beaten them. They go out, they take down the 16 and two Argonauts who at the time were being talked about sort of like if they finish this, yeah, this is one of the best teams in CFL history. Look at what they've done, but they Mm -hmm. choke in the East final and yeah, now you're nothing. You're back to square one. Mm -hmm. And so Montreal's full value for that. Winnipeg is as close to, and I think we've all adjusted our expectations on what a dynasty is in modern sports, but had they been able to win three of four here, that's a dynasty in the CFL, right? And so Montreal comes out and they get this done at the last minute. And I, I put this in our notes that I wanted to get your take on what this, the, the Grey Cup uh, you know, did for you and what you'd thought of it. And underneath, you commented, I have many thoughts on this. So I'm just going to step aside, man, because obviously you got takes here. I do. So number one, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers could have been one of the greatest teams in the history of the Canadian Football League. But they probably were a play away. What have they lost now? Three of the last. They won two in a row. And, and then, lost. So and, they've lost two of the last three great cups. They've lost two of the last three great cups. They've gotten to all these great cups, but yeah, they've lost. Yeah, but one of the ones they won, if Cody Fajardo didn't, in, in the semifinal, hit the goalpost, they would have lost that too. Yep. And with the throw over the middle. And so this is this is one of the most underperforming and big moment Ooh, teams. Okay, yeah. They are now considered the Atlanta Braves of Oh, I like that. Of the Canadian Football League. They're really, really, really good. Yeah. All the time. Yep. But when the big moments come, they're not so good. So we good. should, I guess, clarify the nineties Atlanta yes. Braves. Correct. The recent Atlanta Sorry, Braves. You and I know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But the Braves in the nineties from Glavin to Maddox to Smoltz to yes. uh, like it just an insane team that always were in the playoffs, so much so that people stopped going to the early playoff <laughs> games because ah, we'll get World Series tickets. Yeah, It'll yeah, be fine. Yeah. Like and they won in ninety one. Yep. But they didn't win after that. Like No, didn't they lose to Minnesota in ninety one? Oh sorry, they won in ninety two three was the Jays. Did they Maybe win 95? No, they won in 95. 95 the right. Twins won in 91. So yeah. they made it, though, yes. for 91. Yep. They were there in uh, 92. 92. Yeah. And they only got there because Barry Bonds had the weakest <laughs> arm since me in my... F- <laughs> like, if you can't throw Sid Bream out right. from, from second base, dude, you don't even deserve to be playing professional baseball, but don't worry. He just got stronger He and found better. a way oh, to. Oh, did he uh... ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guy couldn't throw out Sid Bream in the biggest moment in his life, but okay. Um, so the Atlanta Braves always got there yeah. and barely won, but they won a World Series, Yep. but are still considered that almost Buffalo Bills-ish yep. team where it's like they were always there and they probably should have had four championships, but they had one. Right. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the same thing. Like, every time they get now to a big moment, they should have lost the Grey Cup previous. They've lost the last two to inferior teams. And it's like, when this team gets to the big moment, they're just the same team where other teams are starting, like the Montreal Alouettes. When they came in here, though, and beat Ottawa, it was like a nothing game. 
when you watch the game, you're like, one team's really good. The other team's really bad. But we focused on the really bad team yeah. because we live in Ottawa. Yeah. But I remember saying, and I have I texted a bunch of people going, that's a very organized team that knows what they're doing in all situations and can run the ball and they can pass the ball and they can play defense. But this, to me, is probably the biggest thing that I noticed throughout the course. Like, their defense got better and better and better. The Montreal Alouettes held Matthew Schiltz and Bo Levi Mitchell, who both played in that Hamilton game. Mm-hmm. Chad Kelly, who was 16-2, and two, and Zach Caleros, apparently one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. The guy is pedestrian at best. No, he is. Do you know that in Zach Caleros' last six, or um, how many playoff games? Uh, through all the Grey Cup years for Zach Caleros, which would be... Four. We're dating back to pre-pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Which would be four of them. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, the guy's got like seven touchdowns and nine interceptions. It's not ideal. That would explain why they don't have more rings coming out. Correct. Yeah. He's he's good. He's just pedestrian. He's been put in an unbelievable system. So I know this isn't totally your point, but I want to stop you here. Good, but kind of pedestrian. Good, but not great. Is he the best quarterback still in the CFL right now? Like, that's interesting to me. When I look across football right now, a little bit in the NFL even, Mm -hmm. I kind of go, it's a bit of a down period right now for star quarterbacks. Yes. I I, I look at the CFL for sure. It's brutal right now. And so when you say he's kind of pedestrian, I'm not sure I disagree with you, but I'm also not sure that pedestrian isn't the best in the league right now. Well, if you had a team... Cody Fajardo would probably... uh, (laughs) Yeah, he Remind had a re- no. He had a really Fuck good. Fuck you! Just watch. I believe is the meme they've got going. Yeah, on right and now. then and then unfortunately, I listened to Cody Fajardo, right? And I I understand why he's not been that good okay. over the course of his career. Um, he had a really good game, and he proved he, he proved a lot of people wrong. Yep. in the playoffs, and good for him. It, that was my favorite part of that game. Yeah. was the aftermath where unprompted his teammates repeatedly pointed to him saying. Yeah. We were pumped to rally around that guy. We're so happy for that guy. That guy was written off. That is team shit right there. And I I love that stuff. And I'm not suggesting this guy is suddenly going to become like a, you know, dynasty quarterback in the CFL. But this team clearly loved that guy off the field and we're pumped to see him be able to shove it up everybody's ass. And who do you think helped with that? Oh, right. The head coach, Jason Moss, who was in that position sure. a lot of times in his career. Just but I like love Cody. that stuff. Yeah, that so every, do I. Yeah. yeah. That underdog stuff that is often, that is too often. So nobody believed in us. Dude, you went 15 and one this year. Whatever. Like everyone yeah. knew it was you. Shut up. No, nobody believed it was going to be Montreal. Nobody believed Cody Fajardo could get this done. And he did. And when his teammates all came out afterwards and, and people said, what was the key to the game? They all yeah. looked at him. They all said, I'm happy. Which for is that. amazing. I love that. As a team dynamic. Because they're right. When when you all point to the same person and you go, we wanted to play for that guy. Yes. That's a reason. Yes. But that isn't, Cody Fajardo isn't the reason they won the Grand no. Cup. So, I understand. So Matthew Schiltz, Bo Levi Mitchell, Chad Kelly, who I was 16 and two, yeah. and then Zach Caleros. The Montreal defense in the postseason in those three games allowed 632 passing yards, which is about 212 a game. 
They gave up one touchdown, one, <laughs> in three games against Hamilton, Toronto, one of the greatest teams Toronto ever, and Winnipeg, the team that's in the Grey Cup yeah. every year, yeah. and they had seven interceptions. One touchdown given up, seven oh, right. interceptions. Especially and, that Toronto game. That and, was not the offense that got that one done. That was nine. To- those were fumble recoveries. Those were interceptions. Those were special teams. I, I get it. I just love the story that we don't care how we got here. We love that guy. And you know, Oh, but I, you I, need that. 100%. You, you need people to rally around to play for. Yeah. My, I guess what I'm saying is that while we talk about them playing for him, mm-hmm. the defense played for That's him. That's right. Right? Yep. And so if you want to know why teams win championships and come out of nowhere and... You look at the second half of the Montreal Alouettes schedule this year, you look at how well they played, and then you look at their defensive stats in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you go, okay, that's how you win. Yeah. You win because you have a defense that's capable of shutting anybody down at any time, period. That's how you win in football. You need offensive guys to yeah, make big plays. plays and and when, Fajardo did in yes. those moments. Exactly. But you're right. They got there on the and when it was time for a big play, he got it done. Yes. He didn't carry them. He showed up when they needed him to And the show defense up. put them in a That's position right. to possibly win the That's game right. against a really good team. Yeah. Cuz I texted a bunch of people after uh Winnipeg beat BC cuz I watched that game all the way through. Right. And went and I texted them all the same thing. Is it me? Winnipeg's the best thing about Winnipeg is that they are tough to beat when they're not at their best. Because I watched that Winnipeg-BC game, and I saw lots of holes, but they just are so fundamentally sound that even when they make mistakes, unless they make huge, pivotal mistakes, like Claro's throwing an interception (laughs) at the goal line and a whole bunch of other things that happen, if if they make pivotal mistakes... You have a chance to beat them. But if they don't, they're such a hard team to beat because even when they make little mistakes, they're still they they made little mistakes in the BC. But they game. know that's how to recover, point. they don't Exa- lose their cool. Exactly. Right. And I think that's the point of getting to that point. Yeah. But when you get to the game, you can't make the mistakes and you gotta make a few plays. And right. that's what the Alouettes did and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers didn't. And that's how kind of tying this in again. Mm-hmm. I get tired of Ottawa fans complaining about, well, the offense couldn't move the ball and we don't like this receiver and and we don't have a deep threat. And okay, some of those things might be true because the offensive line isn't that good Mm -hmm. and they were down to their four-string quarterback. And if the the quarterback's not getting any time, I don't care how much you want to go down the field, any receiver you have can't get down the field if the quarterback doesn't have any time. So you win with your defense. Let's see what the Red Blacks have done. They brought in a new coordinator. Mm -hmm. It went very, very poorly in the secondary. When I look at their defense, I think it's average to below average in the league. You can talk about some of the guys on the defensive line I think are decent. I thought their linebacking quarter would be better. Their secondary was horrendous. Until that gets fixed, folks, 
stop talking about Dustin Crumb in his first year thinking that he is the answer to every well, problem you it's ever possible have. possible for multiple things to be broken at once. I, it is. Yeah. But you stay in games because you don't make mistakes don't you, you think, have good defense. I mean, it's fine if you disagree with me on this. I, I'll certainly defer to you that you've followed this league longer than I have. But I felt like in the early days of the season, when Masoli first went down, you first had to turn to Crum, and he was mm-hmm. doing. I thought there was a two, three, maybe even four game span where the D really stepped up and was the reason that you stayed in these things and allowed some of those miracle. Mo- the, the, they had the back to back wins. I really thought the D was playing well, and. When Crumb started to kind of get there, like started to figure it out, started to get the timing down just a little bit, he still wasn't number one quarterback quality yet, but it was getting mm-hmm. more and more usable, right? Mm-hmm. More and more acceptable. That's when the defense suddenly went back off a cliff a little bit, and now you had nothing, right? Like it, it, when the offense started to kind of get there, the defense disappeared. Well, now you're in trouble. Well, what I would say to you is, and, and you're right on the right track here. So what happened with Crum in the first couple of games is that opposing defenses weren't quite used to exactly how yeah, he was, was going to book it on how he was going yeah, yeah how he was going to do that every time yeah and when they adjusted Dustin Crum plateaued yeah yeah and, and any person in that spot unless you're like one of those wonder kids. <laughs> You're going to plateau until you figure out a way. That's what professional sports is. Somebody finds a way to stop you. You find yeah, a punch, new counterpunch. You find a new way to beat them. Yep. And for a young quarterback, the the second, the third, the fourth option of how to beat a team is really hard to get to early in your career. Mm-hmm. But you are bang on when Dustin Crumb very expectedly on my watch plateaued. Yeah. The defense at that point needed to get better. It didn't need to get worse. Right. <laughs> that was not helpful. Right. If it got better, they would have had a chance to stay in games because Crum was always going to plateau after the first few games. Yeah. Once a couple of defensive coordinators get a yeah. look at him. Yeah. And it doesn't mean he's not the right guy oh. long term. It just means anybody in that spot would plateau. Yeah. But at that point, the defense needed to actually get better. They didn't even stay the same. No. They got nah. worse. That's right. And that's where the season went awry. I think what I'm kind of saying about the CFL and watching the playoffs and watching what Montreal did, uh, not only in, in the Hamilton game, but in especially the Toronto game and then the Winnipeg game, they were organized mm-hmm. and they believed in each other. Yes. And they had a reason. Uh, what did you think of the halftime show? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so I come from I come from this perspective. Okay, I went and saw Green Day yeah. at the CTC, where I was supposed to, and I did go see Some Forty One, who I loved at the time. This was early two thousands. Okay, um, this before American Idiot. Uh, I'm not sure. All right. Because I saw them, that would have been oh, summer of 05 at Molson Park in Barrie. They were too big for ACC, maybe not quite big enough for the Dome kind of thing. And that was when they had sort of hit what their What album zenith. is Holiday on? Yeah, that's American Idiot. Okay, so it was after American Idiot. Okay. And that was sort of at the height of their powers, was American Idiot, right? Like, they kind of crossed over from that yeah. pop punk thing that then became kind of mainstream, but then they became like 
at the time, one of the biggest rock bands yeah. in the world. So, I, But I was never a Green Day fan like other people were. Right. So I was so excited. I was going to see Sum 41, and somebody offered me tickets to go see Green Day the night before at the CTC. Right. And I was like, ah, I, I'm not really doing anything, so I probably should go. Mm-hmm. And I did go. Yep. It was easily first or second sort of live performance wise best show I've ever been to. Yeah. Insanely good. They're very good showmen. Oh right? my like God. that 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 one outdoors that I saw at that summer of 05 easily rests within the top 3 rock shows yeah. I've ever seen in my life. And I feel the same about the show I saw and I wasn't even excited to go see them. Right. And I, I wouldn't say they're one of my top 3 favorite bands. No. They're I like them not. a lot. I, I'm probably higher on them than you. Yeah. But Blew me away. Incredible Their show. show. And some 41 was disappointing the next night. Mm. And I came away going, I can't believe how good they were. Yeah. Like they were just, it was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Right. And so I've always kept that with me of a band I didn't like, one of the best performances I've ever seen. Yeah. And then I saw the great couple. You weren't loving it, eh? I guess I had higher expectations because of that point of view. Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. It was just. I didn't love uh, it. Okay. But I thought it was fine. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty. And I, again, tip of the cap Matt, to the league. Matt, when yeah. people say to you, they're fine, they're not fine. No. It's like in, in, in the world. <laughs> How you doing? I'm fine. Oh, dude, are you okay? <laughs> no. And when it comes to relationships, when you're in your, with your significant other, no matter who you are, yeah. no matter when you ask your partner how they're doing and they say they're fine. You're going to have a bad night. No, they're <laughs> no, but it's like, stop what you're doing <laughs> and check in. No, stop. Whatever you had planned, yeah, it's, it's gone. It's off. It's off. Yeah. Because they're not fine. And right. if you don't recognize that. You'll be single pretty yeah, soon. <laughs> yeah, but if you just, if you recognize it early and yeah. you, and you take care of it, yeah. everything's good. Yes. But when you say, oh, okay, you're fine. And then you just go and do what you were going to do. It's infuriating. Man, just man are you in trouble? Fine. Right. Um, Say you're not fine. I, I, I watched that halftime you show. You just told me that show was fine. It was fine. <laughs> so you, you're you suggesting I think it wasn't. Correct. It wasn't as good as you wanted it to All be. All right. See, I didn't, I guess, speak Lee in that moment. But it wasn't as good as I've, like, I've also seen them live, like, different performance, whatever, the, like, broadcast performances or this and that. Like, mm-hmm. this was... Good. Not great. It was a major coup for the league to get Green Day to play the Grey Cup. That's a big name. And I, I've said this before. I think I probably said it on Twitter during the Grey Cup. It takes me back to Keith Urban. I'm not a Keith Urban fan. That was a massive name for the CFL to be able to get to come play the Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. The uh, after halftime interview on television. Not so good. Not so good. Not so good. <laughs> but tip of the cap to the league for for getting that they they kicked off the halftime show with the that one a new song i wasn't familiar with i guess that's part of the trade-off right you get the band to come and they get to expose some new material but even some of the songs they played after that felt a little like holiday i think was part of but like can we agree that bigger hits can we agree that boulevard of broken dreams is not a great live song it's not so why play it right 
when I come around would have been great, right? Like, like American but, Idiot at the Grey Cup, as cliche yeah. as it would have been, would have been fine. Like I, the, I love Holiday. Yeah. I, I, like, it's a great live But they have song. better get up and have a good time during halftime songs, right? Like Boulevard of Broken Dreams, I, I can't believe they played it. Yeah. Like, why? It's just a very, like, it's not a bad So tune. that they could create the headlines for all the CFL blogs and websites for afterwards that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers yeah, walked down yeah, their guess. boulevard of broken, broken dreams. dreams. Yeah. Good Zach for Caleros you was crying at the press <laughs> conference. Hey, Zach, maybe just be better. I don't know. Uh, one more thing I want to squeeze in here before we take a break, grab some beer, and then uh, get back into talking a little bit of hockey is you had uh, something you'd put on the list there about the baseball trapezoid. I'm not sure what you're driving at here. I, I did not understand what uh, what you're objecting to. This is a whole conversation, and it wasn't the baseball trapezoid. You didn't you That's didn't read said. it properly, okay. which is fine. Okay. Um, hmm. It was about hmm. yeah. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Don't say I didn't explain it because I was fine in my explanation. Okay. <laughs> Okay. My point was the Philly shove, which I said at the beginning. Yes, it, you did say that. That's going to be outlawed right. by the NFL. So just like the shift in uh, baseball and the NHL putting the trapezoid in, uh, making okay. different- You missed a little punctuation yeah. in there. So. Oh, now you're going to correct <laughs> me on my punctuation. Yes. Wow, 62 minutes into the show. Good for you. Uh, I told you, English, not my thing. Yeah. So me fail English. That's may, maybe we have this conversation on the other side. So the NFL is going to, and I hate the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles can run a play that literally no, push. nobody can stop. Why? Why can't they stop it? No. Why do you hate it? Why do you hate that they can run a play that no one? Because can stop? they're really good, and that yeah. bugs me. Because okay. they're the That's Eagles. Fair. All right. Yep. But I'm actually going to be disappointed because the NFL is going to do something. To make it not legal by next year. Yeah. Like they are going to outlaw this. That Like two giants got hurt when they tried to do it just because they can't do it as well as the Eagles. By the way, Tommy DeVito or Godfather or whoever you are. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do a lot of things as well as other teams. <laughs> um, <laughs> the point is, is that it's actually bothering me that teams come up with things in different sports to be able to... So the hockey trapezoid. Well, the and, hockey... And the, the baseball that was put shift. in. That was... The trapezoid was put in because Marty Berger was too good with the puck. Period. And to a lesser extent, Marty Turco. Marty Turco. At the time. Yeah, but it's Marty Turco. Yeah. Like, well... Your Hall of Fame goaltender was too good with the puck. He's and team, better than your goalie. And teams were changing the way that they dumped the puck in and everything else. Mine didn't. So in, Mine just kept losing to New Jersey. That's what yeah. they decided. They got the six shots, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah, six was, shots that game. I was, was amazing. Because of Marty Broder just <laughs> shipping it back out. But, I was like, oh, nuts. Not but, <laughs> hey, one guy or one team is good at something. Instead of understanding why they're good at it, yeah. let's outlaw it so that yeah. you're not allowed to do it anymore. And it happened. That's why the trapezoid is in because they Behind didn't want. The nets in the NHL, yeah. They didn't want Marty Broder going out and playing the puck. Racking up. 20, 30 assists a year. <laughs> in baseball, it makes, Shift. this one makes, uh, it drives me flipping crazy. I wanted to swear I didn't, but. It's it dri- I don't care if you want nine guys standing on goddamn first base. This was base. my point last year. The exact same thing. When they announced these rule changes. In the, oh my in base, God. In the shift. Hit the ball the other way. You're a goddamn pro. 
You're a goddamn professional. Hit the ball to one side of the park that the people are not standing on. They're giving you the advantage. Why can't you hit it there? Oh, I want to hit my own runs. Oh, let's baseball. We got to change the rules. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And now I can't believe I'm going to defend the Eagles, but the NFL is going to put a rule in so they can't run a play that they're just better at than other teams. It's so ridiculous. One is strategy and one is rules. And and this was the point I was going to make. We talked about it last year when the, the, the changes were being made to baseball. One was the pitch clock. And one was the shift. Those were the two big, th- and the, the bigger bases was, was the things they brought in. I really the noticed the bigger bases this year. So, can you see my the, eyes roll? Yeah, mm-hmm. on the pitch clock, I went, you know what? I get it. You're trying to shorten things up a little bit on the broadcast side, like make the games a little bit shorter. One of the things I always loved about baseball was that there was no clock. The game is not over until you beat me. You can't take the puck into the corner, you can't take a knee yeah. somewhere. I liked that you had, but. Pitch clock's amazing. I understand that, it's the, amazing. and it was good. I didn't hit I, like it was or is. It was and is good. Okay, so the pitch clock was fine with me, but that's a rule change. The shift is a strategy change. You're asking the coaches to go, as you just said. My example it was basically the exact same as you. If I want all eight of my guys except the pitcher to go stand in left field, that's my call. If I think that's the best strategy, then yeah, I'm daring somebody. To drop a ball in anywhere else with a bunt or a hit best, or a whatever. Best players in the world can't hit the ball to left field. So can't I drop didn't a bunt. like the banning of the shift. Yeah, I, I'll awful. be honest with you. I also didn't like watching the shift, but fundamentally, I went, nope. that's coaching strategy. You have the ability as an you know the offensive team to hit it somewhere else. But as the you reason screamed about the, a second the, ago. the reason you didn't like watching the shift is because hitters refused to hit to the ball their, the other their way. Approach. So that's, that's right, and that's not on the shift. That's on the hitter. But I understood when I was watching it and not liking it that I'm not banning it. I'm just the same way the, the and we're going a long way back and and uh, you're going to argue with me because you're a fan of this team. But when the Devils mastered the left wing lock, right? Mm-hmm. The trap. Mm-hmm. I didn't suggest it get banned, but I fuck it suck to watch, right? Like this is boring. Okay. And, and, yeah. and, and so, but it was but, boring, but that was a coach's strategy and they won with it. But so you figure out how to beat it. That's the thing. Exactly. That's so, so the pitch is. clock to me is this is a change to the rules and the way the game is played. That's fine with me. And the, the shift is banning coaching strategy a gameplay strat and that that to me is totally different and it stunk that they did it and so to bring it all the way back and the trapezoid the same thing and it's funny that all these things affected my teams uh marty brodeur was the guy beating the shit out of the leafs for multiple playoff series and and whatever he was very good beat him Somebody get there first on the four check. Somebody cut off that breakout. Oh pass. my god! Somebody, you you can't dump the puck in. You actually have to carry it over. Funny, right? Amazing. Marty Berdur can't is touch very it good at his job. And Marty Turco, again, yeah. I know you sort of balked at that earlier. He was very very good at this as well. So mm-hmm. they just came out of the lockout and went, no. And all of it was about increasing offense. You're going to be able to dump it in, and you will get there. And the goalie's going to have to just stand there. And I understood the idea, but these are skills. That teams have developed, gotten good at, have a player that do this better than your player does it, and that's not a thing that you should be penalizing. That's not a thing you should be outlawing. You it's should, somebody being better than you at it. Right. There's always a way around it. Mm-hmm. Figure out 
you're being paid at that level to figure it out. And in baseball, you don't even have to try to figure it out. It's hit the ball the other way. Yeah. Bunt the ball. Yeah. Do some things that you just simply players don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And then they complain about how they're being defended. Right. And so in and getting back to this kind of Philly shove or the tush push the or whatever, tush you, push. whatever you want to call it. I <laughs> the hate, brotherly, brotherly I, love. I hate that it's the Eagles that do it. Yeah. But they it, figured out something that nobody else has. It's amazing. Yeah. They do it. Nobody can stop them. And that's what... That's what football is. That's the whole concept on offense is to it's figure good coaching, out good execution. Is to figure out something that the they def- don't know how to stop. Defense doesn't know how to stop. Yep. That's what football is. Yep. And now you figured something out and you're going to put something in now next year to outlaw this play because the Giants tried it and got hurt. <laughs> Dude, who gives a crap? Do then better. You practice. <laughs> the Eagles don't get hurt. Nope. And they do it, like watching them on Monday night. It was a great game. Watching them on- Is that what the doc called it when you were there earlier today? The old tush push. The old tush. (laughs) You know what? We need another beer. Let's get another beer. We'll be back in a sec. So we're back in here. I should mention to the good listener, coming up on the uh, Friday edition of the podcast, I'm sure, Lee, you probably know this guy pretty well. Alex Marchand's going to be on the podcast. Wow. Sends DJ. Tell him to play some better music. (laughs) So he was here during the pandemic when we were doing all kinds of stuff over the phone and, you know, he, I wanted to talk to him about what it was like programming songs for an empty arena, right? And, and what that was like. Yeah. But uh, this week he marks his 19th anniversary of doing yeah. the DJ work inside the Canadian Tire Center for- uh, Pretty cool. For the Sens. And, and that's a hell of a run. I said it to him the first time. I'll say it to him again this time. I think he does a fantastic job and I have always, you know, I've probably been to a similar number of games here at CTC than I've been to down in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I like the music here better. It's it's a little edgier. Mm-hmm. Toronto comes off as the worst, whitest nightclub you've ever been to in your life. Whereas like Alex manages here in Ottawa to balance like there's some edge, there's some rock to it. And he still knows you got to hit some pop now and then. You got to keep the crowd engaged, all that stuff. I'm looking forward to talking to him a bit because this guy's been doing it for 19 years. So we want to have him on to kind of mark yeah. that occasion. Uh, look for that on Friday it, here on it's TCA, man. never an easy job, right? No. Like because How are you going to please 20,000 people? Yeah, all you're going to do is hear complaints <laughs> from yeah. somebody at some point that you're not playing the right music. Right. Um, what I love, you're right. He has a great um, sort of, he, he goes around to hit different genres, yep. and but he's able to do it in a way that is pleasing. And that quick mind, right? Like th- there's something to that too, right? Like uh, something's happened, a penalty or whatever, and you hit a song right afterward that's, I'm sorry or whatever, right? Like these little yeah. things that go into it. I-, I know some of that's pre-programmed, but some of that's right off the top of his head. I admire that. Man. Right. So. And it's basically, you got to sit down and think of every situation that could yep. possibly happen and what's the right song and the right moment yeah. for those things. And I'm sure it'll be great to listen to because I'm sure he's tried things that didn't work. Sure. And you figure out pretty quick that it didn't work and then you go somewhere else. Right. But Alex, play more wrestling music. All I hear in US cities. Boston especially, eh? They love the game. They right? love Triple the game. A. Yeah, they, they Carolina does a ton Carolina as does well. a lot of them. Yeah. Oh, do they they have the Hardies, they have all types of Now do you remember I'm sure you do, right after Brady Kachuk signed his extension, he'd missed was it the first game or a first preseason game? Did he miss actual time when he signed his long-term I think long-term he did extent? miss one game, yeah, didn't but he? The, but he was there 
at the home opener and yeah. he walks out and they hit the stone cold, yeah. the glass shattered and all of that stuff. Right? So, Incredible. Yeah. You got it. It's all part of game ops. It's all part of presentation. But Alex does an awesome job. Looking forward to talking to him on Friday as we mark well, uh, his 19th anniversary. I bring wrestling up, but it does work because every time a wrestler comes out, they're trying to hit you with something that is going to make them memorable, mm-hmm. right? And the song sort of goes along with that. So at sporting events, it's very apropos when when either teams are coming out under the ice sure. or something happens that's important in a game because it's like a punch. Those wrestling theme songs don't take 30 seconds to get into. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, you want to hit a sound effect or a chord or something right at the very something beginning. Something happens at the beginning where five seconds in, you're there. That's right. And that's why it works in professional sports. So I'll look forward to that. That's going to be fun. So we're looking forward to having him on on, uh, on Friday. Stick around for that. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. You've brought beer again today, man. Well, I do try and change it up. And this one for me, I thought was interesting because I've had this before. I didn't know if you had had it before, but it came back out again this winter. So this is a Granville Island, which is your favorite, favorite place in the world, Vancouver. <laughs> uh, Granville Island, a Lion's Winter Ale. So they have had winter ales previously yeah. that I've tried. Okay. And I liked. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I've had one so far this year. And I was kind of like, huh, that's a little bit more than I remember. And maybe my palate's like a higher cha- flavor. Yeah, or something. maybe yeah. my palate's changing, or maybe yep. they've gone a little bit more right flavor. But I'm like, okay, well, they added the lions. It was never called lions mm. winter ale. It was just the winter ale. Right. It is a BC thing with the lions, and also a an, an American Thanksgiving thing on Thursday. The lions. That's right. Yeah. Who almost cost me my survivor pool oh down twelve to oh Chicago with two fifty to go, but they, <laughs> you know what, Jared Goff and company came yeah. through, yeah. So I'm still alive, right? Um, man, am I desperate though? This <laughs> the the teams. I'm literally don't know who I'm going to take this week, but because we're in week twelve, every team that's favored by more than three points, I've taken. Right. So. Coming up, and this is going to air on American Thanksgiving, yep. where Detroit, Dallas, and uh, Seattle are hosting games. Um, Detroit's hosting Green Bay. Dallas is hosting Washington. San Francisco is in Seattle. But all of those games have at least a seven-point discrepancy, hmm. maybe more. Dallas is 11-point favorites at home against Washington. But I've taken all of those teams that are favored. Right now, I'm going to be hanging my hopes on... I can't even remember his name, and I should... I should try to find this out. It's just, I'm blanking on it right now. Okay. But the quarterback of Tennessee, oh. the guy who replaced Ryan Tannehill, sure. and it's like his second ever start ever. <laughs> Apparently that's the guy I that's might rely on. your Thanksgiving hopes on. Yeah. In my survivor pool, I've worked all year to get to the point where I don't know the guy's name at quarterback right now <laughs> with the Tennessee Titans. They're three and a half point favorites at home to Carolina. I've mm. watched Carolina the last two weeks in depth because of my survivor pool and they played Dallas last week. Right. I kind of know what they're about. They're not very good, but <laughs> I also knew the Giants. If the Giants played the Cowboys that day two weeks ago, they scored one touchdown. But if if they had played them for like three days, they might not have scored another touchdown. So how they beat the Washington Commanders last week, I, I just have no idea. Tommy DeVito and his godfather stuff and but my God, Washington's bad. So 
I, I don't know who to take this week. I really don't. If people have suggestions, I'd love to hear. Because right now... Not feeling super confident. I'm not feeling really great about Tennessee at home to Carolina. Let's get into this. Granville Island. Lions Winter Ale. As I look down, I'm trying to get a little uh, percentage here for you. And of course, it's somewhere where I can't see it. Creamy or something. It's nice. Oh, he likes it. Mm -hmm. I think it's 5.5 if my eyes are not deceiving me. You did replace that one light bulb behind you that was burnt out loud, but it is a dark room. It's, no, my uh, eyes are terrible. And the, yeah, I don't relatable. know for people who, who look, there are some people that wear glasses their whole lives because yeah. that's how they have had to. And I've, I've been very fortunate to not have to do that. Yeah. But now the more I wear my glasses, the worse my eyes are, of course, when I don't have them on. Right. So now I'm sitting here and there's no reason I shouldn't be able to see this on a green background. And I'm like, ah, it's kind of blending in. And so anyway, I think it's five and a half, but it's again, a winter ale that's supposed to be flavorful. I haven't sipped it, it yet. It has a lot of flavor. What about right you? Front, I'm really enjoying that on the, I, I don't know what I would call it. Like it, it it's kind of creamy almost. This isn't going to be right because it's a winter ale, but it, it reminds me a little of a caramel bar, which is often kind of nice. Uh, you don't see those around anymore. Like, I don't know if that's even still a thing. Well, somebody got the secret, right? Oh no. <laughs> somebody figured it out. <laughs> and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a shame. Um, the last thing I want to mention just quickly before we get back into things is, uh, for longtime listeners of the show, um, you know, every now and then we use an intro. She's also been a guest. Uh, but that voice that you've heard bring us into hundreds of episodes over the uh, the course of the podcast is voiced by a woman named Amy Burke. And she is currently at the Parapan Am Games down at uh, in Santiago, Chile, and uh, trying to qualify for Paris 2024. And her and her team on Wednesday uh, won their quarterfinal against Mexico. That moves them one round closer. And uh, they'll have to beat, almost certainly, Brazil and the Americans, it's going to be those three teams mm. vying for one spot. So that Come continues on, on Thursday. Spot. Yeah. Um, it's on CBC Gem and uh, a couple other places. We've been sharing the links around our social media. But uh, I know a lot of our listeners have known Amy. She's been in here as a guest a bunch of times. She's voiced a bunch of things for us. Uh, if you're interested in following her, like I said, the links will be in our, uh, our social media. Oh, it's so, awesome. Yeah. So anyway, just back to this beer for a second. And yeah. the reason I brought it in was because I thought it was decent. Mm-hmm. when I tried it last year and I think two years ago. And I'm like, ah, I saw it in the LCBO. I'm like, I'll get it again. I didn't mind it. Yeah. I'll get one. And I got one. I'm like, huh, that tastes a little bit different. I think they've kind of improved their their sure. recipe a little bit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, as you said, it kind of tastes like. I'm getting a bit of caramel bar. I don't know if that's what you're getting. I, I don't know if it's chocolate or not, but there's something about it that's given me that kind of. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're not getting it quite the same, but it's kind no. of creamy. It's kind of sweet a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like almost chocolate. Yep. Maybe a little vanilla too. Yeah. In there, but it's got some good flavor to it. Like as 100%. a as a winter ale. Yes. I think it lives up to to that. Like yeah. it's supposed to be dark and and flavorful and a little bit more rich, right? You, you feel like with the darker beers, it is rich. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a couple things in the hockey world. We're seeing right now, uh, well, why don't we hit on Patrick Kane first? Cause I don't know how much yep. you have on this, but just, you know, there's been a bunch of reports out and we've seen his, his agency put out some videos of him out for a twirl and he's looking good, but it doesn't mean anything in relation to 
what it's going to be like grinding along the boards and, and trying to play NHL hockey at the top level. But this is a guy who just two years ago put up 90 points. Mm-hmm. Last year was anything but a bust, but didn't look anything like what you would expect Patrick Kane to look like. And so you're sort of stuck wondering how much of that was the injury and how much of that is just age catching up with him. It's almost certainly a bit of both, but he's had something. It sounds brutal, man. Hip resurfacing surgery. Like that sounds. It's what Nick Backstrom. Yeah. Did not end well having, for Nick Backstrom. No. It's uh, literally a shaving yeah. of your hip bones. It's just awful. To get out of the way of some of the things that are happening. And this is wild it. to say after what we talked about earlier in the podcast, this is the grossest thing I've heard medically on the show today. Is the idea of grinding really? down it? That, yes, that freaks me out more, honestly. So this is can a we guy, get into that? Why does that freak you out? It's it, just it, it's grinding. The idea of a bone being yeah, but ground it, down. But yeah, but if it's something is hitting it, and you can grind the bone down and shave it so that stuff is not hitting it anymore. I understand the science. I get why you would do it, and I'm sure it's going to allow Nick Backstrom. It ended his career but it's going to allow him to live a far more comfortable life. Exactly. I'm not saying the surgery is a bad idea. I'm saying me picturing it is awful. (laughs) I I don't like that. I'm a little squeamish about that stuff. So Patrick Kane is coming off the same surgery and he's looking at going, uh, Elliot Friedman reports that the front runners appear to be Buffalo, Detroit, and Florida. Do you see if you're Patrick Kane a fit with any of those three teams? Do you see any of those three teams being over the top? You know, we got to get this guy. There's no real, so, there's no real talk or reports on what the contract would look like. Um, you know, does he want to do one year, see if it's a fit and then be a free agent again? Does he want two or three years? You know, what is a fit for Patrick Kane in your mind? I'm so happy you brought this up. Okay. So I am going to come at this from a very uh, biased Angle. Did you once drive cab in Buffalo? Are you fairly uh, anti-Patrick? But I feel like I did. No, I no, I'm not fairly anti-Patrick Kane. I will never doubt his hockey uh, talent. Hockey talent sure. ability. It's like second to none. The yeah. guy is a legend. Yeah. But number one, I come from. I hate the London Knights and everything they've ever stood for in their lifetime, and how they not Mitch Marner. No, no, he's really playing well. Yes, he is. Yeah, yes, good for him. Yes, um, but they've come from. Uh, we're better than you, and we know, it. and we know it. <laughs> attitude. So then he goes, and he gets drafted to Chicago, and. You know, he's got the the cab story and he still has a little bit of that, I am better than you. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, or put it this way, I personally haven't seen enough to think that that part of Patrick Kane has been removed. So when I hear the stories about how where Patrick Kane wants to go back and finish what he started with the Rangers and Patrick Kane wants to play it on the, the Rangers don't even appear. I'm, right. Because they said, we saw enough and you yeah. suck. Okay. Yeah. But that was also on a team that they were individual from when I looked at them and went, the devils were going to beat them in the playoffs. The devils. Because the devil's not as talented as the Rangers, but the Rangers could not get it together as far as they were just a bunch of individuals playing hockey. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't work in the playoffs. And Patrick Kane in that environment, 
okay, mm-hmm. in the environment where he was allowed to do anything he wanted to do. And it really didn't matter. And guys like, um, well, Zabad. Yeah, Zabanajad does his own thing and he doesn't seem to care very much about the consequences. Rangers and, got it going right and, now, though. And Panarin. Yeah, they're an unbelievable regular season team. Okay. Man, are they awesome. Okay. But when it comes down to it, they don't know how to play together. And when Patrick Kane came to the Rangers and he could do anything he wanted, he still wasn't good enough. Nothing there in your mind about showing up at the deadline versus showing up now and getting acclimatized to of course. a team. No, of course. Yeah. No, no question that somebody would be better off Couple being, extra months. being there getting acclimatized. But he also can't, if he was going to go somewhere, he's got to get so Like, it's a perfect time for him now because he's missed enough of the season where he can go, but he can still get enough time yeah. with the team yeah. instead of at the deadline. He can't play a full year anymore and be good when it matters in the playoffs. Because if, if that's 100 games, he can't do that anymore. My point is, is that if I'm a team, this is what's wrong with the National Hockey League. Ooh. Okay? This is what... <laughs> no, but this is where... I'm, I'm waiting. I'm intrigued. This is where teams that are good enough know that they don't want anything to do with Patrick Kane. That is a big and, name with a big history that and, probably doesn't have it anymore. And teams that don't think that they're quite there are looking for the missing piece to try and get there. And almost always, like I know there are exceptions. Sure. Almost always these things fail. So first of all, when you say where Patrick Kane wants to play, I don't give a crap where Patrick Kane wants to play. Well, like, he does. Well, he does. Yeah. Yeah, but if he wants to come to my team and I have a good team, see you later, Patrick. You're not you're not invited to my team. It's interesting, because yeah, to me, Dallas is the team that stands out in that. For the longest time, even last year at the deadline, all the insiders were saying, that's a, a fit, Dallas and Patrick Kane. And then it was a week or two where Friedman came out and goes, my understanding is that Dallas isn't interested. Correct. Patrick Kane might be interested in Dallas. Dallas is not interested in Patrick Kane. But that's Dallas what, is ready to take it. Like Dallas is serious this year. But right? that's like, what good teams yeah, should do. 100%. And I, I listen, this has been a show where I've given you credit where I haven't wanted to. <laughs> I've given the Philadelphia Eagles credit where I haven't wanted to. And now I'm going to give the Rangers credit because the Rangers learned their lesson. And they're like, we don't yeah, want it. Doing that we don't want yeah. anything to do with that guy anymore because not that he's a terrible human no. being, oh. but. <laughs> It's you are not 2010 Patrick Kane no. anymore. So you but don't you don't do get you to come to do us. Do you think he's useless, Patrick Kane? Yes. You think he's got nothing left to offer? Nothing. Wow. See, I, what, I, am I going to sign the guy so I can play him on the power play and hope that? Yeah. Hope like, that things. Like, to me, I look at. I probably wouldn't do it if I was Florida. Now, Florida has been the front runner for as long as we've heard. Like even last year when he ended up with the Rangers, we kept saying it's going to be Florida. Mm-hmm. I look at both Detroit and Buffalo who Detroit got off to a great start, has started to fade a little bit. Buffalo got off to kind of a subpar start, and it's not going anywhere near as well. I think if you want to salvage this season, that's a risk worth taking. Because right now you're out of it anyway, Like, and Detroit less so than Buffalo, right? But I think I would take a swing if I was Buffalo and go, ah, maybe this kick starts us, right? He's not 90-point Patrick Kane anymore. But if he's willing to do like two and a half million... You know, prorated uh, as it always is when you start halfway through the season. Two and a half million dollars to come in, be third line right wing and play the power play. We're sort of flailing here right now. 
maybe that would boost us a little bit. Like, I think if I was one of those Do you teams, know what you sound like? Oh. Desperate. Buffalo. You sound desperate. Yeah. Well, don't you think they probably are? Like, they expect it to be better off right now. But this than... is the point with Patrick Kane. The good teams who aren't desperate right. don't want anything to do okay. with them. So, Boston, do you think they should go after him? No. Toronto. Would you like to see him on Toronto? Not really. Okay. Florida? Nah, he's not... That's what I'm saying. I, went, I, I just gave you Buffalo, Detroit. Teams who are trying hard to break through and get in. I think it's a swing worth taking. Okay. Good teams it, don't have to yeah, take Yeah, and that it's swing. a swing worth taking if a guy like Claude Giroux came home to Ottawa. I know yeah. he's from Hearst. I get it. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, the Ottawa area is his home. Yeah. But if Claude Giroux didn't have the year last year that he did, like from a stats point of view, mm-hmm. I think you could probably look at him and go, that's a pro that other guys... Josh Norris and Tim Stutzla, they're going to learn how to take face-offs. Sure. The guy is going to mentor all of the people that are here. Yep. So I can buy into if a player and his yeah. stats have been yeah, reduced. you're not bringing Patrick Kane in to be a role model. Thank you. So then if you're not bringing him in to be a role model and you're not bringing him in to be a five-on-five guy because he's probably because a— I'm desperate. I need— I, So I'm not doing it. Period. Because a guy like that ends up taking— What if it does work? What if you're Buffalo— and you well, bring him you in. What if it does work? If you're Buffalo or you're Detroit, then you it bring works him for in. Them. I wouldn't do it. You're asking me. Yeah. And I would never, I don't think any team. You don't think just two years removed from a 92-point season, no one should take a swing at Patrick Kane. If you are on top of the heap and your culture yeah. is so good. Then you don't do it. That's why I gave you Buffalo and Detroit. But my point is, is that if your culture is so good, that Patrick Kane coming in is either going to fit in or bleep off. Like, that's kind of, look, Patrick, you can come in, but you're nobody around here. And if you're the Boston Bruins and you've lost, what have they lost, one game in regulation? Yeah, I so, don't know why you keep leaning on the Bruins. Because they've me, lost one game in yeah, regulation. Well, but So they got no reason to do this. Like, the Bruins aren't going to take a swing at it. At, no, but that's the team that I would, like, not Boston. Because you would fit in their culture? No, because if you have such a good culture on your team, that you're not worried about one person coming in, he either adds to the group or you let him go. Yeah. See, for me, if I'm Boston, if I'm Florida, I look at that and go, we're all right without you, and you could be disruptive. We don't need it. Other teams do need something. They need the boost. They need whatever. Sign him for one year, see if he's okay, willing put to... It, put it this way. Yeah. To end the Patrick Kane discussion, yeah. I would be shocked myself. Like, if you're asking me for 100 bucks, my last 100 bucks, mm-hmm. if Patrick Kane came in and made a difference with any team. And I don't even know what actual, like, a That's difference. a different question. I think I agree with you on that. Having seen what happened to uh, Nick Backstrom, I'm not confident this is going to go very well. I just don't think, I watched last year too, and in, on a team that he was allowed yeah. to do more than he would in but a good culture. he was already culture. hurt. Okay, but he was allowed to do more in yeah. a culture that they didn't have a culture no, in the Rangers. No, they didn't. So... I'm. I just don't think he would make a difference with any team. So why would, why would any team make the, the effort of going and doing this? I don't. I don't think he's going to sign with anybody. Oh, I think that. I think you'll probably hear by the end of this weekend he signed with somebody. And if he does, it'll be one of those teams that's desperate that yeah. it won't make a difference anyway. Uh, why don't we talk a little about this idea of half a World Cup? <laughs> They're not prepared to call it a World Cup, nor should they be. Uh, But the NHL 
is talking about February 2025 getting an international event scaled down mm-hmm. as if the last World Cup wasn't scaled down with your North Americas and your Europe's and, and young 23s and, and yeah. Um, but they want to do something. They know this is important to a lot of the players. This would be kind of a tee up to the 2026 Olympics in Milan and Cortina. Uh, apparently not a shovel has gone into the ground yet on the hockey facility. Yeah, don't worry about in it. Milan. Don't worry about it. Whether it's NHL or not, there's going to be hockey played, so you should probably build something fairly soon. Uh, and then after that, it would go every two years. A full World Cup in 28, mm-hmm. uh, back to the Olympics in 30, all that stuff. So Friedman's reporting that they're talking about a scaled-down, probably four-team Canada, USA, Finland, Sweden, hopefully in their minds playing some of those games in Europe. So you would, I guess, send Sweden and Finland over there to play a best two out of three, Canada, USA playing a best two out of three. And then I guess the winners would face off probably in North America. So there's something to this. There's, they're close to getting something done, but. Like those, those Swedes and Finns, they're getting the bum end of this, right? If you send them home six out, six time zones away to pl- and this is supposed to all happen in a, inside a week or 10 days, uh, you send them home. That's an important fact. It really is. You have to send them over there with enough time to reacclimatize, play there. Apparently you can't win when you come back from these trips. Well, we're about to find that out. We'll be talking about that next week, no doubt, uh, after all these, uh, teams have, have rolled back from Europe, but then they're going to come back and have to play against Canada or the USA who've stayed in this time zone, um, and then get back into NHL action. I don't, I, I don't hate the idea of trying to do, love do I don't love it. Okay. That's why I said, so you I feel very it. in the middle, non-committal. To I'm this. just, I, because I don't care about the rest of it. I would love to see a best two out of three Canada, USA best on best. Whatever they got to go do over in Helsinki to to balance this out, fine. Like, that's sort of my... But there's no rankings here, right? There's no chance of Canada-USA in a final of a big tournament because they're going to have to play each other to start. This is sort of a half measure. I understand them wanting to dip their toe back into international hockey in the NHL, and I, I think I like that better than not. But it's going to be a joke again. Just like 2016 was. What do you think? So you said a lot there, except for if, to set the table. if you actually. I'll watch it. Think Okay. You'll watch it. Yep. You'll care. Yep. When they get to the finals, you'll care. If they, yeah, probably. I you, mean, unless Canada's out. Oh, yeah. Right. So I was just I'll watch gonna, it because I have I was to watch just it. Ask I you, US yeah. Finland in the final. Do you care? I don't care, but I'll watch it. Okay. Which is so, more, more than most. I asked you well, the question. we're going to have to talk about this it. the next day, right? Yep. So, yeah. Um, this is an absolutely horrific idea, <laughs> right? So number one, the fact that you wouldn't play this in the same spot and make all the teams go through the same, whatever it is, I don't care where you hold it. It's got to be tickets, right? Are they worried that Sweden versus Finland won't sell in wherever? So I got I guess I'm getting a theme from you because mm. you, apparently tickets sold is your theme of what you care about the most. 
uh, as far as what TV would do, as far as what you don't think these the, things. Oh, are the least, the least. Of don't course, they're these... relevant. Well, but then, what the fuck's the problem? But they're not relevant enough to make decisions on. Of course, they are. Tickets sold. Yeah. You don't think the league cares if people watch or not? I think they probably do. I think if it was Canada U.S. in the final, yeah, more than made up would more than make up for the revenue that you think that they would be losing with these tickets sold somewhere else. Okay. So you get four teams Mm -hmm. and you put them in a place where people will support it because you can find cities that will support this. And hey, guess what? Just like the World Juniors, you want tickets to go see the final, which could be Canada, US, you have to buy tickets to go see. You have to buy tickets. You don't have to go. I thought you cared about the revenue. I do care about the revenue. Well, then the tickets would be sold. So you're good. You think the NHL's fine with Sweden versus Finland in front of 6,000 fans in Philadelphia? Yep. But I wouldn't put it in Philadelphia. Well, you'd where put are you it, putting it? Well, you'd put it in a place where you know that people where? would go. Where? Edmonton. Okay. Edmonton's hosted a couple of World Juniors. Yeah. Non-Canada games do not work. You sell tickets... Because that's how you get into the gold medal game, right? That you have to buy the package. But this is only one. This we're not talking about. Like you're you're talking to a guy that broadcasted every game on the B side of the World Juniors here in two thousand and nine yeah, on television. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And while Czechs versus well, no, while Jordan Latvia. Eberle was scoring against Russia, yeah. I was broadcasting Latvia Kazakhstan. Stefan Dacosta is no Latvia <laughs> Kazakhstan. Yeah. I, ba- I barely made it home to see Jordan Everly score. Right. I get that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like one or two games between the best that Sweden and Finland have to offer. And if you want to go to Canada, US, you want to go to the finals, you want to make this important, put it in a city, find out what, like, that's their job. Put it in a city where you know you're going to sell the tickets. And I could give a rat's ass if, if 7,000 people go to... A, that a, looks like shit. Who? Okay. A half of cool. the third... No, then fuck it. Why do it? It won't be like that if U.S. is playing Finland and U.S. is playing Sweden. So you're talking about one game. I'm not, because they're talking about doing two I know what three. they're talking about. I wouldn't be doing what they're talking so let, about. So let's expand this out then. Do you have problems with the idea or objections to, they don't want to do six or eight teams. The Russia thing I, I agree. pisses me off because the league keeps talking. Like the league has clearly waited and waited and waited oh. for it to be cool enough so that bad. we can invite Russia. They're so bad. They keep saying that and like, well, I guess if we're not allowed to invite Russia, fuck Russia. They did this to themselves. Yep. Olympics, athletics, all this stuff, until you stop invading other countries, you're not welcome. And the, and NHL, the NHL parades the Russians around. like The NHL badly wanted this to just go away, yep. cool off enough so that they could invite Russia. And they have had to be dragged kicking and screaming into an event that doesn't feature them. Mm-hmm. So now, if you expand out, I guess it would be Czech. Who would you go next? If you were just doing six, Switzerland, Slova- Germany. Slovakia is probably there. Germany's probably there. Like it's, it gets tough because there's a fall off, right? Like I, I wouldn't be expanding. If it's going to be just me. four. Yes. Yeah. 
and that kind of sucks because you're. It I, does suck. I, I agree with you, but I would. We're leaving Stutzla and Drysaddle out of this, or we're yeah. leaving Roman Yossi out of this, yeah. or we're like that. It does suck. That's a bummer. But as you said, I can at least put Sweden and Finland yeah. in a game and go. I know all the guys. They're really good hockey players. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who's going to win when Finland takes on the U.S. Like they Any have of those four teams. A, they have a chance. Sweden has a chance to beat Canada. Canada yeah. But when Germany and all the, like, it's, I'm sure they could beat them. I, yeah. But it's a one on their in. their best day. Yeah. It's a one in whatever. You're hoping they just hold it tight and, and keep and, it And I don't want to watch a one in whatever. So I'm sorry about that, about the other countries not being involved. Yeah, yeah. But as you said, if you're going to go a half measure, go a half measure with the four teams. Yeah. But don't be splitting them off somewhere else. Just a round robin. Put them in a round robin. Put them and see. Make, I do that, and but that's make, not what they're talking about. Make, I know, but this is where I'm just saying the NHL is wrong and what they yep. should do instead. They should be putting them in a round robin. If it's a round robin, and everybody's going to play everybody, that opens this up to a pile more cities. You could do New York. You could do Minnesota. You could do Vancouver or Edmonton. You could do Vegas. You could like this would become. Don't disagree. Yeah, but if it's going to be just pools, like a best two out of three, like they're talking about Sweden versus Finland, I just don't think you'll find enough fans in most of these markets to fill the buildings. But more importantly, I'm not sure I'm going to care. If you if you don't, here's the thing: if you don't treat it National Hockey League as important, I as a customer yeah. I'm not going to treat it it's important. kind of a half measure right so is it that's the point of and that's what, what do you think of the term me. best on best because I keep hearing well if Russia's not there it's not best on best and that's sort of true but again I know that uh, fuck Putin he did this to himself and now everybody's got to pay that's the way this goes sorry that's how I feel but when was the last time Russia won any competition of any major consequence haven't won an Olympics in... That, to me, as you said, I think I'll put it a little bit more succinctly. You do. Oh. That they did to themselves mm-hmm. as a country yes. when it comes to their people. I'm not talking I'm not about, saying fuck the Russian people. No, I'm not talking about sport, but they had a leader that decided to do some things that the rest of the world is not cool with. Well, and... Like, and but that is going to trickle down into sports. But Marty sports. Walsh and Gary Bettman both said, the PA and the commissioner, both said, well, Sweden and Finland says they won't play if we invite Russia, so I guess we can't invite Russia. Fuck you! Sweden and, uh, Sweden and Finland are right. You're the assholes here trying yes. to make this fit. Right. Trying to beg so Russia. So when you say best on best, if the Russians aren't there, I could give a crap. I don't either. Don't care. That's on them. When you're ready to... Yeah. Sink back into the natural order of things and get out of someone else's country. You'll be welcome back to the Olympics or the World Cup. Yes. Or... Too bad. Yeah. Like, sure, it'd be better with them there. Yeah. They're not there because of the what they've elected to do. But I'm not convinced, and maybe this is a whole other conversation for another day, I'm not convinced Team Russia is better than Team Sweden or Team Finland right now. But the whole point is, to me... Can we stay on that for just a second? Like yeah. an aging Malkin... Ovechkin's gotten off to a slow start because Netsov is their goaltending would be killer. Like Team Russia, Karol Kaprizov's not having a great year so far. Apparently, Are they better than Sweden or Finland? Apparently, Zub's the best player in Zub. the world. It's a fun right. name. Every time I hear him, it's the fun. Be- it's he's fun. the best player. He is the Anton Volchenkov of. Hmm. Not that Anton Volchenkov 
and Zub played the same style of game, no. but people loved Volchenkov yeah. because he hit people and he didn't talk. And he blocked a pile of shots. Yeah, but he didn't talk. So he could make a mistake. Yeah. Nobody cared. So he is blocked- New Jersey about to wickedly overpay Zub here in the next uh, couple of years? <laughs> Somebody will. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. But you're right. I, I don't think that they're way better than Sweden or Finland. No. But by f- no, not at all. The goaltending yeah, for Sweden. Yeah, they'd be a step up over Czechia. The goaltending or... for Sweden, Finland, and Sweden, US. Finland, and Russia hmm. would all be better than Canada and, and the US. US. Oh, the US would also. I, I got out of that group, Canada's goaltending. The worst. Yes. Yeah. Man, can you imagine looking at that 20 years ago and thinking that was going to be the case? Coming off that. Patrick Waugh, Ed Belfour, Marty Brodeur, Curtis Joseph, like Sean Burke, like the, yeah. and thinking in 20 years, we won't have a single guy that we could put up against. If you tell me, okay, <laughs> so let's get back to this. Soros. As the, as the core, if you tell me this tournament is in Toronto and New York and somewhere else, and the finals are going to be in New York. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think you've kind of milked Toronto dry for a little bit here. It's going to be... Canada, the US, Sweden, and Finland, and we're going to call it best on best. I don't care what the sure. Russians are doing. Nope. I'm sorry that Stutzland, Dreisaitl can't be here. But it's so many guys. Pasternak, it's like you're missing out on so many stars, and that's a bummer, man. Like, it is. Yeah. But the only way around that is to come up with your little under 23. Yep. No, team, you're right. Which I don't want to do that either. Nobody hate. No, no, nobody no. liked. Everybody so, liked the under 23 team at the time. I don't want to do it again. The Europe team, that was. Oh, I hated the under-23 team. Really? Oh, I hated it. Their NWO jerseys, that was pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I like their jerseys. (laughs) But the under-23s ended up winning? Oh, my God. That would be the biggest stain in, like, international hockey history. Well, if you remember, Team Europe came out and got smoked in game one. Everyone's like, ah, this is a joke. We told you. And then they end up in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really good performance in the finals, too. I think they got about the same shots on goal that that Toronto got against Jersey. But... (laughs) The point is, if NHL tells us, and they commit to it, that Canada, the U.S., Sweden, and Finland, this, this is, is good hockey. This is good best hockey. on best. Yeah, I'd watch that. And we're going to call it, we're just going to make it so that they're the World Cup winners and they're the best in the world. I don't care what Germany or Russia or Slovakia or anybody else is saying. Yeah. This is what we had to do now to get to 26 and hopefully beyond, because I want all those countries in. I really do. But if you can't- yeah, the next time has to be bigger. But if you can't do it now because of logistics until you get to 26 and beyond, just it's tell- better than nothing. Just tell me that this is really important. Yeah. And tell me that these are the four teams and put it in a place and- Again, I think the tickets would sell a little bit more if they told us it was important and they marketed it properly and they, they had these games that were really important. If if U.S. is playing Finland and Canada is playing Sweden and I, I'm watching all the games, I feel like people would go to the games. If they don't, okay, I'm here to be proven wrong. I sort of give them shit for when they do this in the World Junior, but in this case, I'd pick a border city. Give me Minnesota. Give me Buffalo. Whatever. Give me... Sure. And, and that way, when it isn't, you know, give me Minnesota. Play the thing in Minnesota. Great De- hockey culture. De- Detroit's got a huge Detroit Swedish- would work. That would absolutely work as well. And then when it's Canada, Sweden, people from Windsor, St. Catharines, like, like you'll, you'll get enough people in that building. I Vegas, think, I think Vegas, so too. Vegas, 
is a destination city. You would get people maybe to come and buy the whole festival that way. Even some Europeans would come over. Like, I think some of these other cities like get a little tougher. Like Boston, Boston's a great hockey city. I don't know if that's getting Canadians excited to travel to Boston for the tournament. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Vegas would or or LA might, right? Like, a, I think you'd be surprised. Yeah, Boston's a pretty easy place to get to for a lot of people in the East Coast of Canada. Yeah, your Maritimers and. Yeah. Well, we live in Ottawa. We're six hours, six and a half hours away. Yeah. Well, if you I don't told, hate the idea, if you I, told I think, me I had tickets to go see Canada, Finland, and I think in the finals, nothing. I would go to Boston. I had a buddy who uh, lived in Victoria during the 2010 Olympics. By the way, I've been to Victoria once. Most underrated city, it's probably gorgeous, the most eh? underrated. Yeah, I went out to visit him once. Place, so. Vancouver Island that yeah. I've almost ever been. So he. The Olympic hockey tournament goes on sale the same time all the Olympic turn, uh, events go on sale. He can't afford any of the like guaranteed Canada pack. Like, yeah, it's, it's fucking insane. Yeah. So he goes, you know what? I just I just want to see an Olympic hockey game. Mm-hmm. So he just buys a ticket for the qualifying round. Remember that in between the round robin and the quarterfinals, the shitbirds are going to have to play off. Well, doesn't Canada go in? They only get an overtime win over Switzerland. They lose to the Americans. His random qualifying round game ends up being Canada, Germany. Come on. Just out of nowhere. That's amazing. And all of a sudden, like, he has to take the ferry over or whatever he did. And then he's on the bus over the earth. And like, as he's walking up, there's people like offering, like at the time, I think he said he paid $85 a piece for the two tickets. There's people offering him like 600 bucks a, a ticket for this game. Right. And he's just like, fuck that. Like I, I, this is like winning the lottery. Just randomly bought a ticket to see, I assumed, I don't know, Slovakia versus Germany or something like that. No, it's Canada. Hey, I'm going to you right? in Latvia, Kazakhstan <laughs> right. on television and trying to get the names right. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, man. So, um, but yeah, that's if again, in this world, we live in a marketing dream where as long as there's enough people that are saying things are important, at some point they become important, whether you like it or not. If you continue to tell us that this is the impression, you're very suggestible, right? Like you're open to suggestion. Like just as long as a commercial says, come see our movie. You're like, I should go see that movie. No, but I'm, (laughs) but I'm one way or the other. You're, if it's going to continue to play, you're going to continue to tell me how important it is to come see it. I'm either going to go see it or I'm going to hate on everything that's (laughs) about every time I see your commercial. But well, let me just spring this on you quickly before we move on to something else. Out of nowhere, because we just talked about it, we are last place in this category. It starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Who's starting in goal for Canada? <laughs> it's never been harder than it is right now. Is Wool available? <laughs> He's American, so probably not. Yeah. <laughs> He's so good, though. Maybe a little Mark Andre Fleury? Never. Not, is I Jeremy would, Swayman American or Canadian? <laughs> like, that might be a. a isn't place Swayman is American? Is he's he got to be American. I I don't know for sure. Thatcher Demko obviously American. John Gibson American. Hellebuck American. Sorokin no Varlamov. Well, it's back. No, uh, Vla- Vasilevsky Shesterkin no. Is it Carter Hart? It's not because he, <laughs> he's just he, he's come so far. Yeah. Um. 
Mackenzie Blackwood down in San Jose. <laughs> it's yeah, rough Sway, right Sway, now. Sorry, man. I was just looking up if Swayman is American. Yeah. Um, just to make sure that we were right on right. Because I'm not right on very much. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like how many, like, okay. Who's so, your guy? This It's brutal. Devin Levi down in Buffalo, not off to the start. Anybody hope? No, not at all. <laughs> so James Reimer. Oh, was he I, awful in that yeah. Global Series? Oh, my God. <laughs> Ducked on the overtime. Oh, my God. Seriously, who's who's in goal? Yeah, th- this, is, this is a great <laughs> question because I'm going through it in my mind going, it's oh, bad, my, oh, my is God. Is it Jordan Bennington? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Just because he's had experience in big moments yeah. before. Terrible, man. Can Carey Price come Montembeau, out of retirement? <laughs> Jake Allen. Oh, I'm getting Carey Price to come out of retirement yeah. and be my goalie. That's that's the answer. <laughs> Just brutal right now, man. You, know, you better I, build I a good blue line because... I didn't really think about this question until you posed it to me, and now I'm like, oh my God. It's pretty dire. Because I'm going through the goaltend coin. Yeah. Um, Jake Ottinger's American... UC Soros is a fin. Like you start working your way through and you're just like, ooh. <laughs> it's not good, man. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's actually really bad. <laughs> like I said, 20 years ago, you'd have never imagined that you'd be the worst goal. This sending. is rock bottom. It really is. I'm like glad I said, you brought you, this up. You this came is out, rock bottom. You're coming out of an era, as I said, of of the of the prices, of the Flurries in his prime, Brodeur, Joseph Belfour, Sean Burke, Patrick Waugh, all Mike Vernon. Uh, so I just literally typed in Canadian goalies. Okay. Best Canadian goalies. Peter oh, Ng. You've said most of the like <laughs> What's oh, Damien Rhodes up to? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It's fucking dire. Okay. Man. So I don't know why they listed them this way. So you can see, I'm not going to tell you the names, yeah. but you can see like a best Canadian goalies and they've just sort of listed their profiles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Marc-Andre Fleury, Jordan Binnington, Darcy Kemper, mm. Carter Hart, Kerry Price. <laughs> Still active. <laughs> Mackenzie Blackwood, yeah. Montembo, Cam Talbot. I can't believe Montembeau's in the top ten. Okay, Tristan Jari, <laughs> oh my God. Stuart Skinner, and Stu. the and the name I'm looking forward to the most, Patrick Waugh, comes up after. <laughs> not that he's active. We know is that why that he was in Canada a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, but getting loose. Jake Allen, Aiden Hill, Aiden Hill Cup winner, James Reimer, Eric Comrie, Laurent Brassois, so Logan bad. Thompson, it's Scott so Wedgwood. Oh my <laughs> lord! We have not produced a top end goalie in like fifteen years. Carter Hart was going to have to be the guy, and it hasn't worked. This is, you know what? You've hit on something. This is absolute rock bottom when it comes to goaltending. We need a summit, fix Canadian. Uh, but usually we don't. But now we do. Yeah. We we actually need a goaltending summit. Right. It was Quebec that always floated the bow. Right. Get oh, back they, to work. What's going held, on? They held us up. Yeah. Get back to work. <laughs> oh, don't do blame it on them. How about the rest of the provinces and territories? No, get we produced going. everything else. We just left the goaltending to Quebec. Get oh. back to work. Your You're tough, man. <laughs> we asked you to do one job. 
<laughs> no yop. Uh, you're tough. Anything but, else for this one, man? Anything um, else you wanted to hit on here? Well, other than the fact of when I was coming over here, and this has nothing to do with sports whatsoever, mm-hmm. um, but I just got to get it off my chest at some point. Okay. You know the, the dual drive throughs Yeah. Where you go and there's two lanes to pick from? Yeah. Um, number one. Is this another hack? No. <laughs> okay. Number one, could we just stop with the dual thing <laughs> if I'm going to pull up on one side? And then I'm going to watch on the other side, three cars get. Probably get your order. No, but they get served at the drive-thru. Nobody's letting you in. Nobody's waving you in. No, I'm at the other one. Yeah. So I'm waiting for somebody to go, hello, welcome to wherever. Can I take your order? You're but uh, the, but you're, no, you're that guy. No one's talking. No one's talking to me, right. and I'm looking on the other side, and car, they're having these great conversations. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I'd like a Big Mac, and blah blah blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and they, they finish. So then I'm like, okay, well they're gonna talk to me next, and I turn to my left, and now it's, nope, they're talking to the next person, <laughs> and now I'm so bitter. Like I want to, and the person's done nothing wrong, but I want to ram the sh- crap out of the back of their car. How did you get ahead of me? How is it? And why didn't I go inside? Because this drive through stuff, mm-hmm. if people just went inside, we'd all be better off. <laughs> uh, our family has a longstanding grudge against the uh, the McDonald's in Renfrew, the world's slowest McDonald's. And we thought that was the hack for a while is you have to get out. You have to go inside. It's not better. It's not. Uh, it's not better. That's the... That's the lunch on the way down for the holidays in, uh, you know, get out of Ottawa and stop somewhere to eat. And it's just brutal. You spend like 45 minutes. But then you continue to go there. Let's talk about that. How many places you think there are in Renfrew to choose between? That's, it's not many. Renfrew needs a brewery. They don't have a brewery either. I'd call it the Renfrewery. Okay. So that's a very (laughs) Lee thing to say. I love that. In fact... (laughs) There's going to be a lot of people listening to this go, I can't believe Versage didn't say that <laughs> and that Robinson was able to come out Got there Ren- first. Renfrewery. <laughs> I think that's where we have to wrap this up now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's the high I mark. I know we're, we're, we're two hours, but I do want to say yeah. um, it's nice to be back in here with you. Yeah, man. Uh, this is wrestling. We've come out with a number of podcasts. We did a- uh, I'm seeing talk of this is Wordle. Okay. <laughs> That was obviously not your idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. But there's been, um, we did a, a top 10 entrance theme. We got, we got feedback over here. Yeah. On that. As you good. teed it up it on the show good. here too. And, good, good. And people who have always kind of given me the, you know, the, the look away on the wrestling yep. stuff. That, ugh, whatever that are kind of sliding back in going, come on, right? <laughs> like they know the music, yeah. the, the music. And we talked about it, right? Like there are certain hockey arenas that lean heavy on mm-hmm. it. Boston being one of them. And they do a very, Montreal does it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. These are recognizable songs. They need <laughs> to be properly acknowledged. Jim Johnson, a legend, rock and roll hall of fame, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Who's written more recognizable songs than Jim Johnson? It's only 10 slots. Yeah. 
We have two hours. Yeah. There's only 10 slots. Yeah. Hey, if it gets people talking and yep. you're hearing about it, yep. I feel very satisfied. There you go. Uh, that's where we'll wrap this one up. Like I said, stick around. Alex Marshan will be in here on Friday. Not in here. He will be here remotely on Friday. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. If you missed it, we talked a ton of Jays with uh, our buddy Andrew Stoughton from the Batflip.ca. Uh, that dropped on Tuesday morning. So check that out wherever you're hearing us right now or at talkinaudio.com. And there's, there's, there's rumblings, there's rumors, we're hearing things that pigeon Graham Creech might finally return next week. Really? Really. Guy, he, he's always talking. You know, I got a family. I got kids. Shut up. Oh, and then you see him out. <laughs> like, he's the guy. And look, good on him. But he's, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, when I was having PLBs at 2 a.m. <laughs> with with my team, man, like I was out playing beer league hockey and I, I'm not the most assists in the league, you know? Like I'm just, I, I hit it up pigeon. and I, and I, I bring, yeah. Like, dude, if you're out till with a young family, if you're out till 2 a.m. in the parking lot drinking beers because you have the most assists in your beer league, <laughs> you have time to do other things, Graham. That's okay? It. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. He's good at what he does. So the word is a week from Friday. Look for uh, You Graham know what? Sheets. He's good at, and you know what? He'll come in. He just won uh, Duke's Survivor Pool. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. I'm so <laughs> glad I don't have to see him or hear him. Okay? Because- he just pats himself on the he back. He likes to but, talk. But you yeah, know what? Yeah. I got to give him his due. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of years, it's like he learned everything from me. And Ooh, I don't oh, know what. Oh, boy. Yeah. We'll be saving I, this for when he's in. <laughs> he learned I, He learned everything from me, and I gave him everything and didn't take some from myself. <laughs> because now he's, like, dominating all of the things, like, football and, Mm-hmm. He's doing a great job with the hockey and he's just, he's all over the place. True. He's kind of bugging me a little bit of how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. We don't like that. No. No uh, success for our friends. No. <laughs> no. But let's leave this podcast yeah. with the fact that, do you know who's number one in quarterback rating in the National Football League right now after 11 weeks in the NFL? Dak Prescott. That's correct. <laughs> Dak's correct. Um, so when people tell me that he's horrible. Otherwise I, he wouldn't have brought it up. No. But yeah, I mean, it's so easy with me, but when people tell me he's not elite, I say he's not the number one quarterback in the league and he, he won't be, he's not that guy, but he's got to be the Cody Fajardo, but can he do well enough to win a big game and and make some good decisions along the way? Sort of remains to be seen, doesn't it? Yep. Can't wait. Yeah. Beat. Elite. Can't wait. Beep, beep. He does have to beat Sam Howell tomorrow in the Washington Commanders, who lost by 14 to Tommy DeVito in the New York Giants last week. Hey! Hey! That's the end of another episode. (laughs) I love love watching the Giants lose. Even, like, oh, in Washington. So good. The Versage Sessions, only on Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're following along on whatever podcast app you're hearing us right now. Uh, Make sure you are subscribed. We are on social media at Tall Can Audio. Give us a follow there as well. We're very needy. We want your attention basically everywhere. So mm-hmm. get on board. Uh, for Lever Sage, my name is Matt Robinson. We'll wrap this up here. Look for Alex Marshan on Friday. We'll see you then. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this silkong was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. Some other time! Yeah! <laughs>
Ugh.